0: Enclave presents Voices in the War.
1: Everybody and welcome back to yet another episode where we voyage through your, our favourite hobby, everybody's favourite hobby. Although again, I don't know if we're allowed to technically call it that. But the magical world of tabletop wargaming, and specifically Warhammer in its various, many, uh, varied and, and interesting forms. Yes, it is the voices in the warp. We're back and we are on the hype train so very recently Games Workshop has had their reveal preview session I don't know what you might want to call it at a uh, Adepticon at, at in the US which is a big gaming convention and that had lots of really cool stuff and you know basically that's what we're gonna talk about tonight but before we roll through the world of what's coming rapidly down the hobby pipe towards you let's introduce who I'm here with tonight because I am joined by well, as usual some excellent people from the world of hobby. Yes, first up we've got the King of Contrast himself, the master of the brush. It's Mr. War Hipster. Say hello, Josh.
2: Hello, Josh. I'm not on the hype train, I'm on painkillers.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're you're not having a good time at the moment. No. Do you know what it was? Do you know what it was? Josh, Josh got so excited by the 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 something we'll talk about in a little bit, which was the Seraphon, um announcement. That he he just he just flew headfirst into his own desk, and now he's on painkillers.
2: You see, now we I can confirm to the listeners that that <laughs> is not what happened because you can see what happened live. I believe my breath was taken away, as was most of the parts of one of my teeth at the back. The following day. Um, at the dentist and I hate the dentist
1: you've had some some dental issues so Uh so wish wish, listeners, wish Josh well um, whenever you're listening to this, Um, he may be recovered by the time you listen but nonetheless, wish him well and hope that he is feeling better in the dental zone um, it's a good job we're recording
2: this it's a good job we're recording this today and not yesterday because the entire left side of my face was very numb and of course for those of you who've had dental work before, you'll know that trying to talk when your entire face is numb is hilarious because um one thing I noticed about myself, this is a very, very odd thing to think, of, but I talk out of the left side of my mouth way more than I do out of the right. <laughs> so I was talking to Alice in the car and I was talking out the right side of my mouth and then I just forgot and I started talking out the left side of my mouth and it started being all the fat of thing. And she was like, you're putting that on. I was like, I wasn't. Before I was putting it on, that was me talking normally.
1: (laughs) Let's talk all about the Seraphon.
2: I'm Um... really excited for *Tenth Edition* Warhammer (laughs) 40,000.
1: We should have, yeah, we should have recorded. That would have been fine. Um... Faith Marines. But yes, so Josh is recovering, but fortunately is able to talk like a normal human and actually be with us tonight. And of course, we are also joined, as well as Josh, by um the king of of, of well of 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 game design in many respects. It's Mr. Richard Gwatkin. Good evening, Rich.
0: Good evening.
1: It was very. It was like skeletons.
0: <laughs> Listening <Good> <laughs> <Good evening>, with <laughs> a hint of disgusting reveals. Yes, yeah. See. Eh? Well,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. This whole point <laughs> is going
1: to become like one of those 1940s radio serials. Ah, what's that to say? No models. Ah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes. Yeah. See. Um, anyway, no, we won't. We, we, we won't do uh, fast talking high trousers no we won't do that <laughs> we will we will continue to attempt to talk in a normal manner but yes um as mentioned earlier we are all pretty excited i think it's safe to say by the announcements that have come out this week so we thought we'd talk about those one because everyone else out there who makes podcasts and content is probably doing it and two because really that's what we've been talking about quite a lot And generally on this show we just talk about the stuff that we've been talking about from our minds to your ears in all its horrific glory um so yes we will talk about adepticon so uh we will run through and by the way i will say because josh made this point before we recorded some podcasts content creators which i hate that term but anyway content creators video people will promise you that they will cover all the reveals at adepticon and then proceed to talk about one thing for half an hour we will not do that we will cover everything We'll probably talk about one thing or some things more than others, but we will talk about everything. So... Yes,
2: that's right. We are <laughs> going to talk in depth about the Seraphon <laughs> Army Box.
1: <laughs> hey, no, listen. We will... So let let's,
2: let's I vote let's we start. don't mention. I vote we don't mention any felines. And we don't any mention felines? any any numbered boxes or numbered versions oh, of games no, instead we, we talk about the the war spawned and the uh the normal croxagore <laughs> and things all like fairness.
1: that in all, you know what? in all fairness the Croxagore are very cool
2: they're absolutely oh, yeah. sick. Um, did, but look, very, but let's, let's, cool.
1: let let's start with with this what I would call, and this is gonna this is gonna be insulting to some people who play these games. But I would say the things that I think certainly when I watched it, I was less interested in. They are very cool, but I was less interested. So there is, they have revealed that the next sort of stage of the Horus Heresy. Is going to evolve a campaign book about Chthonia, about the home world of uh, the Sons of Horus. Um, any thoughts on that, gentlemen? I thought it looked quite cool that they're doing this campaign because they used to do those for they used oh, yeah. to do those for, for for Horus Heresy, right? And now they're kind of yeah. this is the new edition's equivalent.
2: Yeah, yeah. There there was the black books, so you would get that was kind of how you got your army rules. You would get. Nice. Um, I mean, there were the as far as I remember, like the. My real engagement in the Horus Heresy was when the red books came out, um, which were the ones that had the collected army rules and the actual game rules as well. But there were black campaign books, which um, would be things. I think it's Fires of Saraxis was one that never saw the light of day.
1: Oh, that's before. the famous one, right? Where they that was going to bring the AdMech stuff to—that's one where they talk about that was going to like make all the thirty K AdMech stuff able to be played in forty K. That never happened because, as I understand it, very sadly, the the chap and alan bligh his name alan bligh yeah the, unfortunately alan bligh passed away before that sort of project was completed again yeah. very 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 sad because he was the genius behind the Horus heresy
2: yeah yeah um, so those those books used to exist and i think it's uh oh, i'm gonna really upset something i think it's book eight or book seven malevolence is the one i've got downstairs it had all the blood angels stuff in it um as nice. well as the uh the demons um when they came through but it's how you know because you know it's, uh, the Horace heresy is the wild west um or at least it was uh you know you would get a book that would be filled with rules for models that didn't exist yet um <laughs> like for example the the adeptus custodis book has rules for the well no, it doesn't have rules for the emperor but it does say in that book um constantin valdor uh, sorry a tribune must be your warlord unless Cost- constantin valdor or the emperor is present. So that book used to make people believe there was an emperor model coming. And I still believe that one day there will be for the Horus Heresy. I would have thought that it would have come uh, around about the time of, you know, the end and the death volume two coming, but because we've got this new edition of Horus Heresy going on, there's this new campaign book for, is it called siege of Chthonia?
1: the The siege of Cethonia, yeah. So Which, it's. It, uh, I believe yeah,
2: I said cool. on. I believe I said on the stream. When was that?
1: Yeah, I don't. So I, as I understand it as well, it's it's called the siege of Cethonia, but it seems to be. And I, I, you know, I I know the Horus Heresy. I would say reasonably well, but I don't particularly remember this. But apparently, and the I'll, the blurb I have it on on screen in front of me here. It says the planet of Cathonia is consumed by a rolling war and under siege by the Imperial fists. Varen Asher Haddon the master of the true sons of Chthonia, presumably are the sons of Horus, warband, effectively, vows to retake his home before Horus claims terror with the aid of the wordbearers in the Alpha Legion. Standing between the first reaver and victory is a garrison of Imperial Fists led by the Lord Castellan Evander Garius. The Butcher of Larisan is reinforced by warbands of the Shattered Legions and even a cadre of Loyalist Thousand Sons. It's quite cool. There you go.
2: So, so it's yeah. uh, an anomalous time period during the build up to the siege of terror. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Because I thought I thought all that happened during the scouring. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. We're getting a book yeah. happening during the scouring. But no, it's happening during the siege of terror. Fine. Uh, well, no, during the horus heresy itself
1: were the lion, the, the the lion, who we'll mention in other context later. Um, he 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 does that, doesn't he? He went around sort of destroying all the homeworlds of the, uh, the <laughs> yeah. traitors. That was his that was his thing during the heresy, basically. Yeah,
2: he went around um, destroying anything that could be a bolt hole for the legions. <laughs> yeah. Once Gilliman turned up and ruined all of them, because um, he was convinced and he knew somehow presciently that they would be victorious, and that the traitor legions would be well he must have he just believed right so and that the traitor legions mm. would be pushed back and that their natural port of call would be to head home um to the places that were easy easy to set up defences at. Um and you obviously you know it's where you come from so you want to get back there and make sure everything's all right. So he spent a great deal of time deciding that he was going to go and bully those under undefended worlds. <laughs> um which he did. <laughs> Very successfully, um, but like... it wasn't. It wasn't just that. I think it was places like Malek as well. Yeah. Um, anywhere that was major, uh, that had become a major sort of traitor hub. So any other kind of like forge worlds that were significant that had thrown their weight behind Horace, they suddenly got a cat through the post, uh, and <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> thousands of other smaller cats that would then murder yeah. them all with bolt fire. Um, uh. I'm in, I'm interested in the book because they mentioned that there's going to be a lot of models coming alongside it. Um, and I think at this point we've had a ton of plastics and we've had a ton of new resin stuff but what we're missing are some really cool stuff um that can add that baroque element to space marine armies that mm. I think a lot of people would like to add with their with the horus heresy things. So like the sky hunter jet bike squadron is really cool and um for it to be in plastic is amazing what we haven't got yet is an assault assault squad in plastic yes. which would be really nice to see that happen and i suspect it will because as i mentioned on my live stream <laughs> uh that i'm a big fan of the old uh, the big the old um Horace heresy era turbine jetpacks the ones that um uh what are they called uh not warp talons but the other one
1: Oh um uh, uh raptors it would be raptors, that's yeah, it,
2: we'll yeah, see. so you know those ones that the raptors have
1: yeah they're
0: like yeah
2: big ones very nice, ones. yeah, 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 I'm a big fan of those old old style jump packs, I think they're really cool, and I would love to but I did some see an
0: I did see an old sculpt, like someone was painting up an old sculpt for like the old raptors before, uh it was I saw that on Instagram today or the other day, and I was like, oh, yeah, that was a good model,
2: were those like the a little bit spikier that- on the yeah, well, those are the ones that look like they had like a a, a jet turbine.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. <Yeah. laughs> not not quite as far over as like, Storm Boy jet turbine, just strapping a rocket to your back and go. Yeah. But yeah, definitely sort of along those lines. Mm-hmm. But they were very cool mods.
2: Yeah, and I th- I think alongside this book as well, you'll see um, I think we might see some kind of more fan-favourite old Dreadnought chassis maybe make a return as well, like the Derradeo and things like that, which has been sorely missing from a plastic kit for a while. Um, oh, the old
1: the old boat. I've got one of them. I've got a resin one of them.
2: That does not surprise me. You have an iron hands army.
1: Yes. Um... <laughs> I, I, I ran them as i had back in the day when I did
2: it. film do you know what,
1: you know what? I, ha- I haven't done it I've resisted the temptation at the moment to to bring them back out as that because that would be nasty also because it's only going to be around for like six months well not even that probably at the moment for reasons we'll get to later on in the podcast
2: can't think what they are it's because yeah. Adam's going to be painting so many Seraphon he's going to give up on 40k
1: well you know what you know what that's that's a good that's a good segue to move on to to let's let's depart from the sort of bolt gun and, and power armor
2: world and we hey, should you- talk about bolt gun actually. Bolt gun the game. Yeah, it yeah.
1: looks awesome. It have looks you so seen cool any like of, the
2: coverage of it? it looks absolutely phenomenal. Rich, have yeah. you seen any of the coverage of it? I don't think I know about this What is this. Uh, so well, it's basically it's yeah, yeah. It's 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 basically like, like yeah. a it's like a Doom it's it's you know Doom from the eighties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like the original one, yeah. It's it's a PC game but with space marines and bolt guns in it. Yeah.
1: With fantastic. that old style, like, like, low res, you know, moving through the corridor. The yeah, 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 first person. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 2D paper
2: enemies. Amazing. But everything like, explodes uh, and, and, leaves, <laughs> and, and, and leaves gore on the ground. I saw quite a cool little second of it. That yeah.
0: in the 41st millennium? Match made in no, heaven?
2: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Now, it, it looks fantastic. Um, I I might get in touch with the people who make it and say, please can I ever go? <laughs>
1: can I ever go? Yeah, no, that would be that. It does look really cool. It does look really cool. But I'd say, leaving 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 bolt guns behind for a minute we will return to them do not worry um let's head into the world of the mortal realms because actually the aos preview i thought uh uh, adepticon was really cool um and there were kind of there were there were sort of four elements to it and the first one to touch on i think should be the the actual warhammer underworld's box set which is um the weird hollow i believe it's called yeah which is like the the and it's it's basically Well, I mean, it's a bunch of Stormcast wizards who actually do look really cool. The models are really cool, but, you know, they're Stormcast wizards, various kinds. The bit I was really interested in is the bunch of Zeech stuff, because the Zeech stuff, and I think Rich made this point when we were talking about it before, the Zeech stuff is the most Zeechian models I think we've ever seen. Yeah, like,
0: like Zeech is supposed to be, oh, here are like the, the weird horrors of the Warp. But somehow they're always just like, oh, yeah, they roughly resemble a human. Here is, like, two arms, two legs. They've gone apart. Like, they've just <laughs> departed that and went, nope, this is just weird horish stuff.
1: Well, they're, they're called um, Ephilim's Pandemonium. And Ephilim is a sorcerer who was apprenticed to a gaunt summoner. So one of the, the gaunt summoners of Zeech. Uh, and is obsessed with cataloguing demonic creatures. So she's basically, I say she, I think it's a she or a he, I don't know they, they uh, yeah they yeah actually that's quite cool yeah they um are um they're they're the neat what is it neat scamander isn't that the harry potter one who wrote the book do you remember that the little World oh. Fantastic Beast that's now a yep, series yep. of films for some reason. God, I sound so old. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, like I remember on World Book Day for a pound, I got the original. The little it was green. I th- oh no, the, the history of Quidditch was green, and I think Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them was red. Um, was the yep. World Book Day release? No, I got those in the as well. 2000s. If I told um, you so, yeah. my
2: amusing story of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them,
1: no, what's your what's your Fantastic so, no. Beast story?
2: I was going to see the film in. The the newer films. No, no, no. They're the first one. The first, the first Fantastic Beasts film, with with, uh, with... uh, yeah, with Marius. Um, (laughs) and uh, I was I was in the cinema and I was watching the film and my my phone started ringing. And I was like, oh no, I'm being that person. So I pulled my phone out and I hung the thing up. I can't remember who it was. It was texting me. It was either my boss or it was my mum. It was one of the two. Anyway, I sent them a text back, but I wasn't really paying attention because I was watching the film. So I sent them a text back saying, sorry, I can't talk right now. I'm watching Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Right. Got a text back saying, you sure you meant to send that? So I looked at the text message that I sent. And the text message I had, in fact, sent was, "Sorry, can't talk right now. I'm watching Fantastic Breasts and where to find them." <laughs> yeah. that's,
1: that's definitely, Amazing. definitely the online. There's definitely an online version of it, which is that
2: <laughs> I think yeah.
1: I downloaded the wrong film. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That was my that was my fun cinema gaffe. Anyway, continue about the Warhammer. <laughs> that's all
1: right. That's all right. Go okay, back to the Warhammer. Um, yeah, so Ephelim's so cool. They, They've got like a moon face, they've got an eye in their navel. Um, I mean they're very, very Zechian. and then there's like basically a collection of absolute weirdos that they hang around with. There's this little that little guy with five legs and an eye in the middle of his face who we um we saw like they, they did a preview of a little while ago. They've got Subulba from Star Wars episode one, The Phantom Menace. If anyone remembers that, remember the pod racing guy who's like Oh yeah, know, like oh, he doesn't he doesn't he kind of talks. Like about yeah he doesn't speak he speaks um what is he he's a oh come on star wars nerd knowledge what race is he? he's a dug he's a dug so he walks around on his arms and he uses his feet to well his arms i guess what um, you so call yeah, a man with a spade up. on his head <laughs> yes exactly <Sure>. Sir <laughs> <Sir Palmer.
0: laughs>
1: um, but there's yeah there's there's one of him who's like a uh a Zangor version thereof um and then there's like a bunch of other little like there's a little starfish guy there's a little blue a little pink horror man they're just really cool they're a cool little um warband yeah they would look but they would look i really will say in a, in a I,
0: I will say that the stormcast are an example of just how dynamic that gw can design miniatures like the way they're moving with the all the terrain sort of lifting up from their magic and everything very nice yeah
1: I was going to say the the cool, the cool thing about the Stormcast in it is just that the fact they're like interacting with the environment is really nice. There's like a guy doing an Obi-Wan Kenobi lift a bunch of rocks job. Um, there's another one who she appears to be like floating on a bunch of rocks, um, which is really cool. And it, she's connected by the look of it by both her feet on the floating rocks and the, um, the cloak. So it's a real testament to, like, miniatures design about how far it's come, you know, the sort of contact points for these models that are flying, that sort of, you know, look like they're flying. Um, so, yeah, no, that was... That, I, know, I thought it was really cool. I don't I don't play Warhammer Underworlds, but if you're into that sort of thing, or if you just want some really cool miniatures to add to your Stormcast or your um, Disciples of teas and each army, um, then you can uh, you can grab this, because it's uh, it's pretty cool.
2: I think Domiton's yeah. Storm Coven, to give them their correct name, are... Um... Some of the best-looking models I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, I absolutely adore them. And, and like, it makes me laugh because (laughs) these are... They're three Knights Arcanum. Mm -hmm. And the Knight Arcanum was a model that we got in in Dominion, um, which is the uh, the wizard with a mask. Yeah,
0: that was the... the, Yeah, and it's like some... It's like a, a HQ character or, like, a... A character, so having three of them in one box would be quite powerful.
2: Yeah, uh, so like in, in my mind, it's like having three of them together because they'll get um, War Scroll rules uh, to use in games of Age of Sigma. Um, if it's if they are three Knights Arcanum that are at the same level of power as the first one, there's going to be a it's a hideous amount of power. But of course, you would need that amount of power to uh, challenge the Dominion of uh, the Nine-eyed. Nine eyed prince itself. I, 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 think these, I think these are an absolutely breathtaking miniatures. I really love the kind of the trident on the one that's you, you know that you mentioned that's the, floating on the, the tr- rocks. Yeah, the trident
1: looks really cool. Really but cool.
2: um, Domitan, I would assume, is the uh, the one in the middle, uh, the uh, the one about to lift a rock and throw it at someone, probably in quite a you know spiteful way. Um, I think that's just an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal miniature. Um, and like these, the thing I love so much about this recent run of, um, particularly in the thunder, um, what's it called? Thunder strike Thunder Strike armor. Thank you. Um, they just, they feel like models that can are very, very clear, clearly Stormcast Eternals, very, very clearly Age of Sigma, very, very clearly Warhammer. But I kind of look at, models like Domiton's uh, Storm Coven, particularly Domiton mm. himself, and I go, I'd love to use that character in D&D. Mm. The yeah, older yeah. ones, less so, because they were just so fat.
1: They're a bit chunky, aren't they? The old yeah, guys. The, yeah the, 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 the
2: original yeah, Stormcast did. were just so, like, I would say the same of like, um, I mean, obviously you wouldn't use intercessors in D&D. That would be a bit unfair. But (laughs) something like, you know, like like if you think of the original intercessors kit and then you think of the assault intercessors, there's just something about them the way that they're designed. They don't look weirdly naked without pouches. You know, because like that's the one of the yeah. things I find with the original Intercessors kit is if you don't put the, the pistol holster or the pouches on, they just look weirdly naked and they look like they have itty bitty waists and fat asses. Whereas on the inter- isn't that a- exactly
1: Isn't that exactly what um, the song is about and how that's good?
2: Yeah, exactly. It's all it's all about. Uh, yeah, I believe. Space I believe the
1: lyric is: "If if if it's got an itty bitty way, and that round thing in your face, you get sprung." That is exactly the track. That's
0: exactly, goes... Except, wrong. except it's a space movie. It... <laughs> this time, the round thing in your face is a bolter, like the end of a bolter. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. But yeah. No, I just i I absolutely adore this um, thunder uh, thunder strike style of stormcast, and I am really, yeah. really, really wanting. Um, a Vanguard chamber version of it. I don't think we'll get one because this well, is supposed me, to be For me, the new,
0: the new Thunderstrike armor is just so much more realistic. Like you've seen different um, styles and people almost do that sort of grim dark sort of style with it, but it actually looks much more realistic and almost like something from Dark Souls and actually yeah. segues nicely into the cities of Sigma which the new models that they revealed for that, I thought look much more sort of medieval and a little bit more realistic rather than the old sort of renaissance ruffles well, sort of style.
1: This is this is like, can I say, this is like podcast perfection here. This is almost like we planned this because Rich has just given us a little <laughs> little takeaway to move into talking about the next thing. Well,
0: I do have a bone to pick with these models, though. Okay, no.
1: well, well, let's...
2: No, i <laughs> about it. you're wrong. We'll,
1: we'll let you. We'll let you guys do the debate, but we'll just tell for people who don't know. So the cities of Sigma, and actually, Josh, maybe you can expand on the background. So the cities of Sigma are the kind of. Well, my 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 impression of it again as somebody who's sort of learning AOS knows a little bit about it is that they sort of started originally as the kind of catch-all faction for a lot of models that were left over from the old world that people could then bring into Age of Sigmar and play so nominally they were like the the regular mortals, the cities, but they had humans, they had Duadin, they had the dwarves, they had like some elvish models as well, they had various other things and they're like the kind of mix it up, like whenever I've seen Cities of Sigmar armies in battle reports they're like the real kind of mishmash of various things like wizards, dragons and a lot of stuff from the empire of the old world but also a lot of other, you know, other as I say, races is kind of thrown in there so what they have shown us at this preview is effectively some some logos which are actually quite cool i think but more importantly three models from the city the upcoming cities of sigmar battle tome with uh, they are their human warriors with kind of as, as rich says like plate armor and you know war hammers and axe and a sword and some very cool looking shields so what do, I mean, first of all, is that a broadly correct summary of of the cities of Sigma, Josh. And what did you think of the models? I take it you're very excited about them.
2: Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty close. Like when when AOS became a thing, you suddenly had lots and lots of sort of probably like micro fractions factions. Um, so you had like the Dispossessed, as an example. They were the dwarves. Dwarves, right? Yeah. Um, the dwarves. The dwarves. The dwarves. The Dwarden. <laughs> Um, who are the old the old um kind of fantasy uh dwarves. Um, so they are you know things like the iron breakers and things like that, um, rather than the Fire Slayers, because the Fire Slayers got their own faction. Uh Caridrod Overlords were then a brand new version, so it had to be something that was done with the um the old the old Dwarden model, so you didn't invalidate anyone's collection too much. Uh, same for, like, uh, the Old Empire. They became the Free Guild. Um, you had uh, the Glade Warriors, which were, like, the Wood Elves. Um, various things like these. Uh, Iron World Arsenal, that was a thing. Collegiate Arcanum, that was a thing. And you had all these kind of disparate factions that were all part of Grand Alliance Order, but you couldn't necessarily field an entire army with them, which means you would have to use the Grand Alliance Order book which meant that you used the Grand Alliance Order army enhancements and things like that. Uh, second edition, I want to say, they made a book called Cities of Sigma, which pulled all of those into one book. And then they went, Look, here's benefits for these things and these people, and you can take anything in this book, but you can be a lot more granular if you take the city, the, the forces of, G- of um I, I always say Anvil Guard, even though Anvil Guard doesn't exist anymore, but like of uh, Hammer Hall, let's say Hammer Hall. And then let's say that Hammer Hall is a heavy concentration of, uh, free guild. And let's say I'm absolutely spitballing here, but like druki and stuff like that. So using those units together, you get a benefit for doing, um, forces from that city, or you could make up your own city and so on and so forth and so on and so forth. Um, this Cities of Sigmar, we know so little about it mm. that it's really painful Um <laughs> because I'm desperate to know more. I'm desperate to see what else it is. I know that it's more focused on the Dawnbringer Crusades and the Dawnbringer Crusades uh, are the thing that is going on at the moment um around uh, the realm of Gur uh, or Gur. <laughs> um, and um, in fact, if you listen to or read the Dominion novel, which is actually a very good book, because usually the editions novels are not very good. Yeah. Looking at you, Indomitus. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Indomitus book. And to a certain degree, although it's actually not that bad, despite the entire chapter spent describing the inner workings of the overlord, Dark Imperium. It's not a terrible book, but it's not great. Um, it's all whereas... the fact they
1: have to name the models in full. That's the thing that always kills me about those yeah. books because they're the introduction books. They have to be like, "Here come the ind- here come the uh, intercessors with with uh, thingy bolt guns or whatever." You know, it's very yeah.
2: Well, very, interestingly, very in both Soul Wars, which was the yeah. second edition novel and Dominion, they don't do that. It's nice. They do. That's they nice. do a really good. good job. The, the first like fifteen books about Stormcast and Age of Sigma, they are very much that. It's like you know, Retributor Prime, digital. such and such, with his Thunderstrike hammer, lifted it up to do two mortal wounds and a six. Yeah, it doesn't say that, but like, um, yeah, it, the Dominion is an excellent book, and it is all about a Dawnbringer Crusade, and they go out from I want to say Excelsis, um into the wilds of Gur and um, they encounter the Cruel Boys because the Cruel Boys are an un, unknown entity at this point, point. Um, and they also encounter. Many of the problems of trying to set up civilization in a land of gur, because everything there is a beast, even the ground itself. Um, so it's pretty tricky to find any semblance of safety in a, in, a, in the realm of beasts. Um, but these new models, as previewed today, um, I believe are part of one of those. It's focused on the Dawnbringer Crusades, and the Dawnbringer Crusades should have representatives from the iron world arsenal should have uh, representatives from any number of the free races that live in the cities of Sigmar. Uh, And I'm going to be very interested to see if we get sort of mixed race units. So we've seen Mm. three humans, Mm. but it would be awesome. Really awesome. If our basic foot troop, whatever those are called, does it tell you what they're called in the article?
1: Uh, I'm just reading it. No, they don't. They they just say, uh, they just talk about them as 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 warriors of Sigma. Um, there's f- redoubtable foot soldiers who make up the armies of the city Sigma. Yeah, there's no doesn't appear to be a name for them yet. Uh, unless so I'm it missing. would
2: be fabulous, if that, even if they're called like men at arms or something like... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That was the old Bretonian one, wasn't it? Because people said they yeah. were quite similar to the old Bretonian men at arms, which is kind of cool.
2: Yeah, there's definitely elements of that. But, like, if in that box there's a couple of Dwarden and maybe an elf...
1: Well, it does it does say in the little blurb they have, they say, these are the regular redoubtable foot soldiers who make up the armies of the city of Sigmar. Um, while, while they might all be in uniform, the human... Oh, the human foot soldiers are far from... <laughs> Sorry, I've just shot myself in the foot there because I didn't read that bit. I was about to say, the human foot soldiers of Sigmar's armies are far from uniform, pulled from all the free peoples and cultures of the realms. I didn't read the human bit, so... Maybe not, but it would be really cool if we got that. I agree.
2: I mean, it's 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 cool if it is just humans. Yeah, I think it is a slight miss if it is. So, like, and I and I would really, like I said, I would really love it to be like mixed races within units, rather than what might happen where you end up having men as your foot soldiers, in with your cannon,
1: a last alliance, if you will, of men, elves, and dwarves. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but they were all kind of much a muchness, <laughs> right? Like, because yeah, like like the the men and elves in that are all using bows, swords, and, and shields. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I what I'm hoping we don't get with Cities of Sigmar is, like I said, the men are the foot soldiers, the elves are the cavalry, and the Dwarden are the ones with the cannons. Yeah. Even though it does make yeah. sense because that oh, is me. some of their like preparation uh, and and some of the things that they specialize in. It would be awesome have a little bit like,
0: of... um, So my, my first ever Warhammer Fantasy Army was Empire, and they had plenty of cannons.
2: Yes. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, if we're going to go all human, let's be all human. If we're going to yeah. go mixed race, and... I would love it to all be in mingling within each of the races. That would be really cool. Yeah.
0: Well, well, so I'm very excited to see that they're finally... It, it almost feels like this is at least partially redoing the M- old Empire range or at least adding to it, because here are the humans, and then they'll probably just dwarves, elves, as well. Um, So, great to see. But, why do they have to have stupid hats? They have caught the disease. They've caught the disease from the Lumina Throne Lords of stupid hats. (laughs) The rest of the model is great. Love it. But they have buckets for hats.
1: They've been to the same milliner as the entirety of the population of yeah. Ish. Yeah, and like, uh, here's
0: the thing. Like, my second army in fantasy was High Elves. And then I didn't want to... I was, like, excited for Realm Thrillmords to come out. And then they just had stupid hats.
2: I but quite the, like the... High Elves had stupid hats.
1: <laughs> yeah, are not that
2: stupid.
1: stupid. <laughs> They had some... No, so I sure, so yeah, like sure.
0: Pointy hats, hats, but they, like, they weren't like quite as stupid as the Lumiere the Thrillboard hats they are. They
1: had quite a few hats with, like, pointy, but then having a flipping eagle on top of them and all that nonsense, didn't they? They had, like, big stumping wings and stuff. Yeah, but... <sighs> it,
2: no, I, just, I, I just it just doesn't you, work. <laughs> I get it if you don't like the big horned hat. hat. I, I, I yeah, totally the get the big, big horned horn hat and, like, it's like, oh, look, we're
0: just gonna wear cows in our head.
2: I like these. I think they're vaguely really? German. Oh, See, I love
0: I love the armor and the shield and everything they're going for there. It's just, uh, give, give me some alternate heads.
2: I'm sure there will be.
1: I like the fact they look a bit like they're wearing bucket hats. So I like the fact they look a bit, they remind me of like Kevin. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, but it's like they've gone down like to the scene and rain picked up and a child's bucket and put it on their head.
1: No, they're, they're going to a rave, mate. They're going to like a 90s, like in Manchester. Like this is like this is like what was it, Manchester in the nineties? They're like, yeah, mate. Do you want to come join our bringer Crusade? Yeah, mate. Yeah, sick.
2: I like them. I'm you, <laughs> I like exactly hats. I so particularly mean, like, I particularly pretty, like the one in the middle too. that is carrying a warhammer that looks like a massive um, claw hammer. It does. Yeah, it's 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 used for smashing skulls and assembling large woodwork.
1: <laughs> um but yeah, no, look I think overall these are really cool and as I say I, I quite like some of the artwork that went along with them. They've got a kind of uh a uh, uh, uh... What was the what's the correct word I'm thinking of? Like a collage of various logos of cities of Sigma. Um, that's on the little preview page. We go to Warhammer Community and have a look at it, um, which is pretty cool. They've just got some cool logos. There's there's one at the bottom, which is like a green portcullis, which is basically the symbol for the British Parliament. So we're gonna have the Westminster Sigma <laughs> Army. I I I demand that you uh, come and uh, just just you know just give in Sigmar, But there will be no parties. Everything will be a work event. Anyway, uh, moving on away from that um so very swiftly also, yeah very very swiftly <laughs> we also we also got um before we move on to i guess the biggest reveal of the the age of sigma part of uh, of adepticon and um, we also got a preview for a couple of new models for the death armies of yes. uh, of sigma the ossiarch bone reapers and the soul blight grave lords who are the the Skeletony people and the vampires and we got yes. the more Mortisan this is I'm gonna trip over my words here. The Mortizan ossifector yep. um, for the for the bone reapers and um, Ivia Volga for think um, you have to say it like Ivia Volga like that it's kind of you know so Dracula type thing uh, for for the Soul Blight um, the Soul Blight Gravelords. And yeah, again, real example of great sculpts. I think the 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 Oss effector trap. If you go and check him out, um, he's like kind of hovering and he's building like a, a I don't know what it is, but he's building some sort of. I construct.
2: believe it's a gothazar harvester.
1: I got, there you go, Harvester. He's, he's building a gothazar harvester out of a bone that's on his base, and all the bits are like flying round him, and he's doing this um, slightly skeletorish Nyeh! expression um, while he's putting it together. But I think it looks really really cool, actually, really really cool. Um and, and Ivia Ivia Volga. I mean, the vampire the vampire models in um in Age of Sigmar are just really like if you if they they're just like brilliant. They're just so cool and she is unleashing not only has she got wolf legs because she is a a Vierkos? yes, a Viacos That's it. it Says here the Viacos dynasty, um, who are the like werewolfy vampires. Which is, I don't know, the entire underworld movie series just being completely invalidated there. Um, yeah,
0: kind <laughs> of a bit strange, but at the same time, it's just like, yeah, fine. Who was who was,
1: who was the guy? Who, who was the guy who directed the underworld series? I used to I used to listen to like a comedy podcast, and they they did this terrible impression of him and all the weird stuff he did because he was married to um he was married to the star of that um yeah. He, Thinky I can't remember her name. Anyway, uh, but yeah, she's Kate Beckinsale, yeah. Um, but she's she's got she's like sort of unleashing a load of bats, and she has an axe, so she's sort of playing this role of being vampire slash werewolf slash woodsman, uh, which is really 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 cool. Um, so yeah, I thought these were awesome. Um, yeah, you guys, great models. You guys in, enjoy them?
2: Yeah, I'm a big fan. i yeah you know, i I do really like the Ossie Arkbone Reapers. They're not an army that I want to do, but mm. I've always enjoyed their aesthetic. Uh the um Soul Blight Gravelords on the other hand are and I said this about four thousand times on the video, but like <laughs> I want I really want to do a Soul Blight Gravelords army. I just don't know whether to do all vampires or mm. one vampire and all minions. Mm-hmm. And it's because See- I was obsessed with and I watch it all the time. Uh, did you ever watch the Netflix Castlevania series? Yes.
0: Recently finished binging the whole thing like maybe a month ago. So yes.
2: It's incredible, right? Incredible, yeah. It's very good. It's very good. So I really like I think it's is it season 2 with uh where they teleport the castle over to uh Brayla? Yeah, I believe that's end of season 2. Yeah. So you know Camilla's army of vampire soldiers. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's that. It's that. It's that. What I really. That's what I really want to do, or a Dracula with all the night with all the <laughs> night creatures.
1: Just like, like <sighs> zombies, I
0: and I and... do love all the Soulbite minis, and part of me looks at that and looks at Kersey and and goes, you know. Yes, I'm sure they're great in OS as well, but I kind of just want to buy them for the sake of the minis, and then maybe you can use them in D and D, or maybe you can come up with your own game oh, for make... them, or yeah, whatever game else. Games. It's just they're like just like that gothic gothic as aesthetic is just they do it so well.
1: Yeah, it's it's a real testament to the 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 of like grave lords like the the army design that you can take it in so many different directions. Like you can have all of the skeletons. What are they? called? they called death rattle? The, the skeleton guys like you can have all of them
0: yeah i think that was her old <laughs> army name
2: they yeah, were there was a death row, yeah yeah
1: or or you can have you know it just says you can have like all vampire like the blood knights and and all that lot which is just really really awesome uh, as yeah. as well as your big beasties as well like the big um oh uh, what's her name the one that's like half a kind of zombie dragon but she's oh laukavai oh, like, laukavai the mother, mother of, of nightmares, nightmares. yeah, yeah. I just always remember her name because it's so cool. Um... Yeah,
2: I mean, she she that model is like it's ripped straight out of Dark Souls. Mm.
1: Like mm.
2: it 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 absolutely looks like a number of things, all out of Resident Evil. Yes, actually. Yeah, actually, yeah, like human esque half. Resident...
1: Human-esque, half uh, yeah, monster.
2: yeah, just absolutely stunning. I just I just love those vampires, and I love the Blood Knights, and. i keep trying to have to i keep trying to tell myself don't do it because it's gonna break me um to start another army that i don't have time to paint see if
1: i yeah i mean if i my take if i was to do that if i was to do a soul black grave lord army i would go the secondary you described so i would go with a like maybe not one but maybe like a small coven of your like vampire elite and then everything else is just the minions 'Cause and the reason why is because to me, what's on the cover of the that they've they've shown in this preview, the cover of the Soul Blight Gravels, which I feel like it's it's yeah, it's 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 a really cool representation of like a horde of zombies and skeletons and all these like reanimated beasties and there's a dire wolf on there. Um, but then you've just got the one vampire in the armor and then and then there's one on a zombie dragon and it's like they are the big threat. Like they are the ones in control of everything. To me that's like that's perfect vampire.
2: You know, no sure. I just I for me vampires don't get along unless it's what we do in the shadows and even then they don't get along.
1: It's <laughs> <This> fucking gay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like they've been they've been roommates for 300 years and they've come this close, you know. So it's like for me I'm like I just want to have like one vampire. Or I, I might or one. I might just do, you know, uh, I might just uh, put together a little group of what would it be? Uh, there's three of them plus. Yeah. Uh, is it the Baron? Is that his name? The
1: Baron, yeah, the Baron and the and the Sire
2: as well. And you the Sire. Have the... So I have the Baron, yeah. the Sire, Laszlo, uh... <laughs> <Nadia>. coming, darling, <laughs> and uh, and uh, Nandor, and then just have um, you know the guy in the old gargant kit who's running away.
1: Oh, the one who's running away. Yeah. Oh who's yeah yeah.
2: <laughs> Or, so you, ha- you have that guy as as one, but you can swap them out during battle between him and one of the vampire hunters.
1: <laughs> I am God of Steel Soul, the Hammer of Sigma.
2: We don't give a shit what
1: your name is, we've got to do our own laundry! <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> Coming
0: to a tabletop near you.
1: Yeah, that would that to be fair if somebody has a if somebody has a sort like gravelord army I strongly encourage you to name your vampires laszlo nadia I might and
2: do this now and I might call <laughs> the project shadow <laughs> what we do in the shadows of hammerhall
1: That that's that's a good shout that is a good shout Um so then moving on to uh the final big um sort of preview of of the of the of the mortal realms um we got the reveal of a lot of seraphon they yes. really called them lizard men because you know, to me, they're lizard men back in the day, but they are now Seraphon, and oh my word, they look amazing. Um, I've always had it. I always like so the, Ser, the the Seraphon are very cool. I always when I've played uh Warhammer Total War, I like playing as lizard men because I think they're cool. But these things, these sculpts, are absolutely fantastic. So we got the um Lancers who are like lizard men riding or sorry seraphon i'm gonna keep calling them lizardmen, men but seraphon riding they're dinosaurs and... riding
0: dinosaurs and it's very yeah. very cool
1: they're like raptors they've got the big raptor claw on their like big toe they're j- oh they're just so cool they're just yeah. really like really awesome. the
0: previous models were good these are just like next level
1: oh yeah it really takes it up a level and and then they got the um i'll just run through them quickly there's there's the Saurus scar veteran who's basically like a a a tougher character model who's who's um, painted as an albino as well because that's like a you know a sign of a a spawning of a special destiny um in in the world of the seraphon um and then you've got the croxigore who we touched on earlier and the croxigore war spawned in the same git who are Again, just very cool, massive, very nice, beefy boys. boys. Um, Such cool models. The the Warspawn, in particular, have that real, like, crocodile look about them.
0: um, Yeah, they they do. And I quite like how they've still kept them, you know, those big, beefy boys, but just, like, a different base shape makes them a completely different model.
1: Exactly. And then they they announced the obviously the the Battle Tome, um, but the uh, there's a box set for Seraphon. So if you are interested in getting into the Seraphon, this is probably a great way to do it. Um which gives you the battle tome it's going to give you the war scroll cards and everything like that in there and it basically gives you all of the other seraphon stuff that wasn't previewed at adepticon but that we have seen before which is the new slan star master and you know at the end of the day what is cooler than a big fat toad floating around on a, on a giant floating stone throne um 10 saurus warriors and if you're a Seraphon slashes of men, fan like me, Saurus warriors are the core of that because they're just cool with their clubs and their shields. Uh, And um, a bunch of Raptodon chargers and Raptodon hunters that you can sort of build as one or the other, which are the other skinks riding like little raptor things with big crests, which, uh, which look good. And what I will say about the Seraphon, just finish off my comments on this, is I'm very excited about this, not just because I really like the Seraphon. Like the whole concept of, as I say, Seraphon. These men, I think, is really cool. I want to see what you do with them, Josh, because I feel like these guys take contrast. or are going to take contrast like a dream. And I, I, I saw people commenting that when the when the like stream was on, just looking at them, they just have that about them. What um, are they talking so,
2: about? So... How I'm going to do a good job of them? Yeah, I've never, I've yeah. never felt pressure before. <laughs> now um, I'm, I'm feeling it with this everyone I was like you know these would be be perfect for this and it's like you mean everything else wasn't yeah um, but you, we saw what you did with the dragons what no one watches my videos don't be silly <laughs> <laughs> I, wanna,
1: I mean I say I like if, if we if we do um Talibani war Hipsters again this year at some point I really want to see what you do with these I also to be fair want to see what Meg does with them as well because she mm. did some very cool work on Seraphon stuff in our previous little sojourn, which, by the way, if you haven't seen it, YouTube.com/slashwarhipster. Go check it out. Tell them any war hipsters. It's got me it on is. it. Hey, <laughs> um, but yeah, you, do, do you, are you excited by these? I presume you are. I mean, you. Oh yeah, a man.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, um Everything they've revealed so far, building up to this, because there's been more. There's more stuff as well. Um, hmm. There's a couple of heroes and things like that, and all that kind of thing that we've not seen. That we've already seen. um that just look absolutely cracking, and I think I think Seraphon are going to be one of the the best looking armies on the tabletop, anyway. Uh, but with the new stuff, they're going to be even better. Um, like for me, this was probably the highest point of Adapticon um, just just in terms of like you know the sheer amount of stuff that's coming. Because at the moment, we're in preview mode for the other thing, which is really cool, and all that stuff's great. Um, but Seraphon getting a new book. It's been a, it's been a long time. There haven't been any new models for them either for a, for a mm. very long time. Um, yeah, so like uh, we've had artillery and skink seers and all this kind of thing. So like, uh, what was the other one? Uh, we had the Astrolith Bearers. Um, so that's the ones that's in the Saurus Warriors. So we saw that. Looks like a Saurus Warrior. That's, that's been previewed yeah. before. Um, with, the big, with the
1: big banner thing. The, the Astrolith
2: yeah we've had the uh uh what's it called uh you know the thing that looks like a fire lizard
1: oh yeah the um yeah what is that called the one that's got a big sail on its back it looks like one of those old one of the it looks you know what it looks like to me it looks like you know when you see if if you've been to the park in croydon with the dinosaur models it's like what victorian people crystal palace
0: Thank sorry, you very Crystal much. Palace, literally got the road from me.
1: <laughs> I know, I've just really insulted you there. Sorry. <laughs> ah, it's all good. Croydon, who's, uh, who's then insulted by me saying that was an insult. No, it's not. Uh, but yeah, the Crystal Palace dinosaurs in the park. That that, that model, in a, in a good way, it reminds me of like one of those things where it's like Victorians when they dug up a dinosaur and they sort of did the very early attempt to work out what they looked like, you know, yeah, yeah. the level of context we have today. So they all look a bit a bit mad and they have the giant sails and stuff. So yeah, no, really, really cool. really Spawn cool. of
2: Chotec, that's what they're called.
1: Spawn of Chotech. nice against yeah, the fire. The fire god, isn't
2: he? Yeah, Skink, Starseers as well. We've we've had loads of really, really, really cool stuff um, for the Seraphon. It's very, very exciting because I think it's the it's a faction that you can point to. I think for most people, regardless of where you fall on your proclivities for Warhammer, I think everyone points to Seraphon as going, yeah, those are that's one of the best looking. I mean, it's dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Exactly, it's, it's dinosaurs. dinosaurs. It's dinosaurs riding dinosaurs and fighting with dinosaurs.
0: Yeah, who doesn't love that? That is, you know, commanded the- by... Giants. Dinosaurs and big frogs.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you know, there's, there's two races that are so iconically Warhammer for me. And one is the Seraphon, and the other is Skaven. Um, because they're just so uniquely... Warhammer, especially in the way that they look, right? Um and so like having a bunch of new Seraphon stuff, it was just really awesome to see. And Croxigore are just absolutely fantastic. Um they look they look like like you guys said, beefy as hell. Those are some biceps, man. Yeah, they are chunky.
0: Yeah, well they're always like one of the, the classic units, because you had Saurus warriors for your you know your battle line your troops. And then it's like, okay, I need some heavy hitter sort of elites. Here are my croxagores.
2: And my Bastiladons. And my carnosaurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my Skips.
0: <laughs> Yeah, but it's great to see them getting getting some love.
2: I just hope that we still retain rules for Stegaged Stegagedon. Stegagedon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stegagedon. <laughs> Which is just one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. I've never <laughs> seen it fielded. Because it's like you need like ten Stegodon to do it, but like <laughs> <laughs> It's, it, it, it's it's absolutely fantastic. Now, I was really, really pleased with these. And like you said, they sure. should take to the way that I paint miniatures and make videos. They should take to that very well. So you can expect videos on all of that uh, as and when it comes.
1: Nice. Nice. Right then. Same.
2: So, that was it. We,
0: nothing else. We,
1: <laughs> yeah, nothing else happened. Well, Thanks for well,
0: there was something that was revealed a little bit before its time. Oh, Thank sure, God. yeah, Dante. So <laughs> tell. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, we did get get Primera Stante, which is cool. Uh, I'm looking for that was it? That's the end. Primera Stante, but that's it. Nothing else happened. Nothing else happened. No, I'm afraid, Josh, you don't get away that easily. So we leave behind the Mortal (sighs) using using the Seraphon. We travel in the stars because not only they dinosaurs, they're dinosaurs in space, which is really cool. We travel the stars back to the 41st millennium, and we will actually start off, I think, with the kill team because I thought the kill team preview was really cool because I just want to avoid getting the big thing until the end. <laughs> um, and also because the kill team hey, had Votan in it. so Easterman what,
0: just... and 40k isn't big. That was a very cool team. Really yeah, just...
2: just so yeah. you know, guys, uh, before we started off, Adam said that we could only record for an hour and we're at 52 minutes. Now. Oh,
1: no. Uh, hey, I, I was, do you know what? I was going to use that as a positive, but I was going to say, listen, you, you doubted that I would be able to, to talk about things other than sort of 40k adjacent stuff. And I've spent a good hour going through everything else that was previewed because it is all cool. It is good. I do like iOS and all the other stuff, right? I'm not just putting it on. Um, but,
2: I know you're um, not.
1: Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's so, Rich so,
2: down you, there who pretends.
1: Yeah, Rich. No, rich is always I
2: like, like it. He, I like that stuff. Hey, I'm currently painting Lord of the Rings models. Yeah, so that's what he says publicly, but privately he's the one who's in charge of the R slash uh, Age of bar board.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll be admit of that. <laughs> um go, go goes by where's underscore my underscore um uh, tomb kings t- t- 2K23 um oh, no so, pr- well
0: we've
1: got the
2: the the
1: come
0: come, come back to the old world someday
2: Yes, yeah, I and mean, we've seen 3D renders of their weapons. And true, genu- I genuinely believe at this point, and I'm going to be—it's going to make me so, so, so happy if it happens—that we're going to get an old world core box, and I hope it gets announced at Warhammer Fest because it is the 40th year anniversary of Warhammer. Um, I, but I'm hoping we're going to get announcement of a core box that shows off Bretonians versus Tomb Kings, and if that happens, it's going to be <laughs> so funny. Because it's just like... But it'd also be like the best way
0: to like kick off the old world. It's like, yeah, here's two, the two armies that we reckoned.
2: Yeah, here's the two armies that everybody still to this day holds up as the reason why they won't play Age of Sigma. Look, they're back now. You can play them in the old world. And then those people will still go, I don't like them. And you'll go, cool. So you just don't <laughs> like this then. You've just outed yourself as somebody who's a contrarian is what you've done. Yeah, his, yeah, yeah. On 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 that
1: theme of of spicy takes, I did see someone who shall remain unnamed put out something about the. Um about before this Adeptic, because obviously the Adepticol preview was at like 3 in the morning uh, UK time, it was, it was at 10pm US in, in Chicago, so it's sort of like central time um, and I did see somebody who put out a, a sort of tweet saying like oh I have to get ready for this nightmare or something, and the, the responses were fantastic because everybody just went, have you ever considered covering something you enjoy <laughs> um, <laughs> which, 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 which I was just like, you know, and then there was a lot of backpedaling and it's like, oh no, it's because I have to get up, anyway, moving, moving swiftly on This is
2: why I don't do Star Wars content.
1: You don't want to talk about Glumbo bumpflaps <laughs> and how he's appeared in the latest episode of The Mandalorian, even yeah. though he was in a, th- even though he was in a single run three three issue comic. Well, no, 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 it was it was Judge
0: that was in the latest episode of Mandalorian. No, I
1: know, no, I know, but I I was moving <laughs> off moving off Warhammer for a second. On a rad. Yeah. I was having this conversation today, and I was saying that. and Sorry, listeners, but you know we're generally a nerdy podcast. I said to me, the difference at the moment between and I like I like the Mandalorian. I do like the Star Wars stuff. It is cool. I thought Ahmed Best appearing was 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 great but um the um the the difference between the mandalorian and for example picard right star trek one and i do have a soft spot for star trek because my my grandfather when i was growing up was a massive trekkie and uh, got me into it and therefore you know I i have a bit of a soft spot for star trek generally but the picard sort of like references and cameos seem to be here are the people you remember and they're actually going to play a role in the story which is whereas what star wars has a bit of a tendency to do whenever i see you know it's look, it's my fault because i've watched them right whenever i see these easter egg videos where they're like what did you miss in the mandalorian episode five and it's like you know in the background for two seconds was as i say glumbo bum flaps who you know appeared in a <laughs> single run three issue comic that, that was only yeah in the same or, or or is, in 1987 they're bringing back really the same it there.
0: or it's yeah. like they're bringing back the same ice cream machine that someone in the background was running with
1: yeah <laughs> exactly yeah exactly yeah they've got they've got a, they've got a glendop Device, which appeared in vaguely in the background, in very low res in the original 1977, a new home. Yeah, but
2: But then has become like an action figure.
0: Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah,
2: just on that. (laughs) Yeah, I am finally up to date with Picard. It's taken me way, way too long to get finally up to date. I I did
1: tell you. I did tell you to watch it, man.
2: Well, you told me not to watch season two, but I actually quite liked season two.
1: Oh, it was all right.
2: I thought, I thought, I was, was... I was, I was
1: telling you to skip it to get on to season three because season three is the really good one.
2: No, no, sure, but like, I, I thought, I really enjoyed, I thought, I enjoyed Picard season, uh, season two. But Alice asked me this very question whilst we were watching it. She said, "How come it's okay for Star Trek to do it, but when Star Wars does it, you hate it?" And I said, "Look, the thing with Star Trek is every character." And every reference that they're making back in picard is we had seven seasons with those characters
1: Mm. so
2: we know them so 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 well and to see them crop up again is just nice it's just nice to see them appear and to kind of find out what they've been doing the last few years because everyone that we've had turn up has given themselves in classic star trek fashion um They've kind of, they've given themselves a bit of a biography. They've they've told you what they've been up to in the last 25 years. They all look and the, the other thing that's most important is they are all looking 25 years older than they used to. What we're not getting is weird, digitally de aged Geordie LaForge <laughs> turn up for some un God knows reason. Um, like the most recent episode of, of of Picard, we had flashback footage, not de aged version of riker we had flashback footage of riker from the olden days and it was just like because i think a lot of things are really afraid to do that because it's Mm -hmm. a complete step down right because it was obviously it was filmed in like the mid 80s late 90s right but it was the whistling of pop goes the weasel and (whistles) exactly and they just used the clip they didn't give us a fat Riker and fat data digitally de-aged faces in a in a CGI jungle having the same conversation that we've seen before. They didn't They didn't give us that. They gave us an actual reference back. And with Star Trek, I feel like I have had so much more time with these characters. I know who they are. I know their motivations. I know them on a personal level is how I feel when I watch the show. So seeing them crop up, it's like, oh, it's nice to see that they've thrived. Whereas in Star Wars, we've had nine films of which we are in this period now where we reference only six of them and we are referencing characters from a cartoon and we're bringing characters from a game and we're bringing characters from a comic book run in to satisfy people who really love the star wars extended universe as much as they love the mainline star wars stuff and i'm I'm just not that person. I, I I adore Star Wars, even though most of it's bad. Whereas Star Trek, I love it, <laughs> and less of it True. is less of it is bad. Um, so every every reference that we've had, every character that's come back in Star Trek, occasionally you're like, no. But in season one of Picard, we had um, what's his name of the Borg? I forget the name they gave him.
1: Oh. Uh yeah, I know the one you mean. Uh who was the who who was the one they rescued. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then he was he was in it the whole series, and then what happens to him is heartbreaking because mm. that's a character I've known since the eighties. Hugh is Hugh, his name. That's it,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: And I just this season of Picard and we will get back to Warhammer, but <laughs>
1: episode, yeah, episode, was it
2: episode four that I texted you about, Adam?
1: Yeah, you said it was perfect, yeah,
2: yeah. I said it was a perfect episode of Star Trek and I said it goes right in to, I think, I I think it will. I think when you look back on Star Trek, I, th- I, th- I think people won't make those lists because we're still, is it Beyond is happening at the moment or is it Tales I... of something... There's oh, another...
1: uh, new strange new, worlds. Strange which new is, worlds, which is quite good in and of itself, actually. I would say, I don't, yeah,
2: quite... so strange new worlds is happening, uh, as is below decks, as is um, discovery, but discovery's final season is on its way. So, I think once discovery concludes, you'll see a lot of. I think you'll see a lot of Star Trek content creators making what are the best episodes of Star Trek we've ever had, and I think season four of episode season episode four of season three of Star Trek. Uh, Picard will go into a lot of top tens, and that's because it Star Star Trek as a as a as a thing has always been a idealized mirror of where society is in its moment in time, and you know you can see this through like you know the original series was made during the cold during the Cold War, so it's very much about projecting. Human strength into the galaxy as we go forward onto this brave new world. Whereas,
1: I'm making out with a lot of alien chicks.
2: I'm making out with a lot of alien chicks. And TNG was made during that kind of golden age of humanity, where a lot of people kind of assumed that we, as a race, had reached kind of we'd we'd reached the city on the hill, and we were going to only evolve from here, and it was only going to be like this going forward. You know, during that sort of period of sort of mid-80s through to the end of the 90s before the financial crash and where we are now, you see, <laughs> in society. Whereas reason I think Deep Space Nine, whilst it has a real heavy, lots of praise because it shows a different side to that same period of time, Deep Space Nine is very cynical because it's about a war, right? And we've never had it about a war before yeah. uh, in Star Trek and is you know it, it it kind of very much mirrors the people who were foreshadowing the end of this golden age of, of, of society and human uh, um, humanity. And the reason I think a lot of people don't like Voyager is because Voyager, rather than looking outwards to the future, does what Hollywood has done, which is look back. Because the first thing that happens in Voyager is they go out further to a place in the galaxy that no one has ever gone before and if that had happened to Captain Picard during that time yeah. it would have been like this is an opportunity for us to see and catalogue and do all kinds of things that we've only ever dreamed of before the first thing they do in Voyager is they say we must get back at all costs and then the the the, the flight home is basically it's all just nostalgia, reworks of stuff that's happened before. I like Voyager but you know you spend the f- first two seasons fighting the Kazon, which are basically the klingons which is supposed to be a nostalgia trip back to tos mm-hmm. right whereas picard this episode that we just had for one it was structured almost entirely like a tng episode it yep. was here is the problem like it even did it even did the whole it even did the whole here is the problem right at the beginning before we have the credits. Then we're going to have a musical sting that swells up and then it's going to cut to black. And then we're going to do the title sequence. Yeah. As if we don't get out of here in six hours, in in six to 12 hours, we're all dead. Space, the final front. It didn't do that, but like it did that. And then it was all about people coming together, And learning to work together to overcome a problem and at the end of the episode they see a galactic phenomenon and i was just like i was i almost cried because it was like it was like watching perfection unfold before me i was transported right back to the very first time i saw star trek when i was sort of six or seven years old watching that episode and it was absolutely phenomenal I, yeah. I I could, I couldn't I couldn't I just couldn't I can't deal with it anymore because I watched the next episode and that was really great but that was like a modern episode of television but like episode four man I was just like I was blown away and. <laughs> And that's time. We're five minutes past one. Uh, yeah, this is in yeah.
0: one big ploy just to run down the clock. <laughs> right. I mean, He's learned on. how to use the chess clock and is now just running down
2: time. Exactly. Oh, and by the way, uh, 10th edition was announced. But that's it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I've been the War Hipster. This has been Voices in the warp. That's ADR War Gaming and that's Quatkin Gaming. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs>
1: Right, that, I'm taking your time off the clock. You can only roll saves. No, we are so. We're well, talking about talking about talking about things that are per- talking about things that are perfect. Right? Let's go. Let's go and talk about this. So, yes, as I mentioned before, we started talking about Picard, and to be fair, I do share Josh's passion for Picard. But I figure you're listening to this because you want it about what happened, not our. Uh, not our, our, our views on that, but do let us know. Do let us know because we will do. we we'll do. We can do episodes on this. Josh and I and, and Rich can talk about this nonsense for hours.
2: Um, we can just so... change the podcast to be called Voices in the Warp Nine.
1: Yeah, Voices in the Warp. No, itself. Warp
2: Ten Terminal Velocity. That way, we're everywhere in the galaxy all at once. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. Uh, but uh, yeah, the EPS coils can't take that. Um, so they. <laughs> gave us a preview of um before we get on to the other things uh we we'll have a 40k kill team's next set which is called gallow fall which is quite cool in and of itself because they're on this big space hulk the Gallo dark and there's sort of been stuff happening and this is kind of indicating that the Gallo dark is pretty much going to fall to bits um and this is a kill team which i'm really excited about because it's got my favorite space dwarves in it this is what all the votan previews were about that they showed on the rumor engine and there are a whole bunch of Votan-Herfkin uh, salvages. Who are ostensibly um a upgrade kit to the existing Hearthkin warrior Sprue, so your basic little dwarves and I really like them there is a girl with a with a with a a, a chain gun like the 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 Hi-Laz cannon but it's like a portable one there's a guy with like a load of mining equipment the, there's a, a robot with a with a, a pad which I quite like like we're holding an ipad and doing some pointing um which is really cool and I did but- like a very I was going to say, I did see a very, very funny little meme someone did. For um, so we'll, Again, we'll get on it in a second, but talking about the difference between ninth Edition and 10th Edition, which was the ninth Edition one was the Code right from AOS, who's the dwarf covered in books. If you've not seen him, look him up. He's got like about 10 or, or like 4 or 5 books on his back and a couple of books in each hand. And then 10th Edition is just the one guy with the iPad pointing, and that's it. Um, and we'll, you,
0: you got through all of that and you didn't mention the two best miniatures in the box. I'm, I'm saving them. Which I'm are... saving them.
1: I'm saving no, no, no.
0: Them. There's, there's the guy that's just bringing knuckle dusters to a spaceship, and the do- and the beastman who's bringing a gong.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to get on to beastman with gong in a second, but I was going to say my favourite two from the from the halfkin, absolutely are the chap with the knuckle dusters who has also got like a he's. he's- He's got a black eye, which I really enjoy. They painted him with a black eye, so he's clearly been in a, in a punch-up, right? And he's got these like electric knuckle dusters. And also, the, the Votan, who for some reason, they were like, where are we going? We're going to go inside a spaceship. He's like, okay, what equipment are you bringing, Jeff? I'm going to bring a jump pack. Uh, so he's just got they're going around i mean i know Harthkin is small but like he's just zipping down the corridors with a, like a huge rocket pack on um but yeah either way i think this is really cool i'm really excited um i think these are really cool models to add into your Votan army or to play as a kill team um and yeah i can't wait to get my hands on the upgrades sprue. um do you know what we should I really talk about... like about them what's that
2: uh, so it's in an article. What horrible thing are you going to say about it's... my nice
1: botan that I like? No, I was
2: just going to say, the thing I really like about them is um, it's not it's in an article. It's probably one you haven't read, though. But actually, their whole job is to go into the Space arc and they're trying to fix the inertial dampeners uh, and uh, restore <laughs> oh the structural integrity field, which actually is something that happened in Star Trek Episode 4. Uh,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ well they're gonna have trouble fixing the uh structure integrity field because and this is actually you know in some ways the bigger part of this room, this uh kill team box i think in terms of reveals is beastmen. men we're getting beast men in 40k we've had there yeah. were a couple in i think in the blackstone fortress it, there was a
0: couple in blackstone right? fortress um but this like if this is like a full squad of like 10 then that's a lot easier to just slot into a chaos army
1: yeah, I think I think these. The, yeah, the guy the guy with the gong has got an interesting choice. I mean, they have got like bolt pistols by the look of it, or little little stubber pistols, um, and one of them's also got like a, a a bionic arm. So they can they're clearly like pretty forty k. There's one dude who is like a sort of I guess like a Nurgle Pestigol almost kit because he's got a bunch of boils all over him. Um, he's replaced his hand with some kind of canister that lets gas out, and he's wearing a gas mask, which is pretty fun. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought these beastmen are really cool. The guy with the gong, especially, is just like, I'm gonna gong you to death. Um, not that's sure the, what he's that's about. the
2: musician for the unit that lets them move an additional d6 inches every time yeah. they decide to move or advance. I don't know yeah. that for sure, but it's <laughs> just assuming. Yeah, I'm just assuming uh, it might even be that in that kit, there's also an optional icon, in which case, you know,
1: mm, interesting. Um, and I, w- I would say the 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 other thing about this little kill thing is the actual terrain looks pretty good because you get a load of accessories with it of like me- there's like a med bay bed and some surgical tools. There's what I think are escape pods. I think they're meant to be like escape pods from the, from yeah. the, from the ship. Yeah, that's um, what they said they were. Both both open and closed. And there's like a bunch of, I guess, storage tanks, one of which has a skeleton in um which is uh, is kind of cool um, i do like so, that
0: these are the same style of escape pods as we've seen in an old objective kit
1: yes yes yeah yeah they are so these are the standardized imperial escape pods which look kind of like a one-man drop pod basically um which is kind of cool um so yeah that was that was the kill team into the Galladog, and now we get to the bit where everybody was well let, let's start with the first one the big one let's 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 go to the savannah all right. Let's Dante. See. because the lion sleeps tonight or more accurately the lion no longer sleeps yes we are getting as i think everybody had d- 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 believed or wanted to believe for a very long time we are now getting the lion lionel johnson has woken up and has returned to the world of the 41st millennium and i must say he's he's getting he's coming alongside arcs of omen the lion so he's concluding the arcs of omen series but the model is pretty i I wouldn't
2: i wouldn't speak so soon adam we fought farsight and snickrot who apparently is not even in the book um was concluding the arcs of omen uh, series and then they go and drop us another one and you know (sighs) I, at this point, I'm like, "Oh, I'm, 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 I've got a sneaking suspicion we're going to get four more, just like Psychic Awakening."
1: My well, the only reason I say that is just because it literally says that "Arks of Omen" the Lion concludes
2: the epic defy epoch. De, epoch de they said that about. <laughs> they said that about. Farsight, Adam, you, you trust don't them know again? What's coming next? You might get "Arks of Omen," the Emperor.
1: It's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy.
2: <laughs> um, Arks of Omen. Cap, uh, Captain okay, Tycho the Lost, <laughs> Tycho, Tycho the Lost. The He's back! Ty- Hooray! Ty- uh,
1: yes, but I think everybody was very excited for the uh, model because it is a it is like look whether you, whether you like Primarchs or not, I think this is a really and whether you're a Dark Angel fan or not, it is a really cool model. And what I think I really love about it is they made him old. He's not like Gilliman even though cuz he's supposed to have been kind of asleep but in kind of stasis in some way but he clearly has aged. So he wasn't in proper stasis like Gilliman where he was in stasis otherwise Yeah, it was just having so a I, nap. I did see I did see quite a funny uh kind of, you know, Meme webcomic take on it, where it was just like a bunch of Ultramarines endlessly applying moisturize, moisturizer. <laughs> I did see that too. Yeah, as in is in the Codex, and that's why he looks young. Um, but yeah, he looks. He, I've seen comparisons where they say the lion looks like Charles Dance playing Tywin Lannister from Game yep, of Thrones. Yep. Someone said he looks like the Onion Knight from Game of Thrones as well, um, with his with his moustache. But yeah, he looks very cool. He comes with a variety of head options on the model, and he's just a big badass he's got a couple of um uh watches in the dark with him um as well and he's also carrying the emperor's shield um which was quite an interesting one because there was some debate immediately afterwards going well, what is the Emperor's shield? Because the Emperor is always shown carrying the Emperor's sword, which we know Gilliman has, and uh, his, his, his talent, his lightning claw, or his, I guess it's a big, not really a lightning claw, it's like a super lightning claw, but he's got his Emperor's talent. On his other hand, he doesn't ever, ever, he's, he's never really shown in artwork as carrying a shield. However, some people have, have rightly pointed out, if you go and have a look at artwork of the Emperor, that he does have on all of his armour a tilting shield a little um i believe it's called a tilting shield the little thing yeah that's
0: the, the little one that's chest. like next to yeah you on your chest between yeah. like your sort of breastplate and then your shoulder pad
1: yeah exactly and and this is it um, so we either have an idea of the scale of the emperor, which is that he's absolutely massive, or I think more likely, because I think Gilliman mentioned this when he took up the emperor's sword, the, the sword itself or the shield itself changes size in some way to sort of match the wearer, like it's it's part of the emperor's power.
0: Yeah, otherwise the emperor would be very, very big.
1: Oh, he'd be humongous. He'd be like the size <laughs> of a knight, um, which, is, which is pretty cool in and of itself. But yeah, he is looking badass, and he's going to mm, fight Angry. Beautiful people. model. That's what they've said. Yep. Um, there's also, I will say, there's also an awesome quote here they have, mm-hmm. which is which is from, presumably from Ark's moment, uh, of, which is kind of self-aggrandizing, but when you're the Primarch of the First Legion, uh, to be fair, I feel like you can be a little bit arrogant, which is he says, I will teach them to fear the darkness in which they dwell, and to dread the shadows they believe their allies, for there is no greater terror hunting the Stygian." Void than the Lion of Caliban, which I just oh, all hey, I, I didn't know that he was
0: taken from the third Batman movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, clearly, clearly, he is, uh, he is, in fact, um, what's his name?
2: Bane. Bane, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you feel in control? Not I much. was born in the dark. <laughs> I've <laughs> been a book when first
1: I saw the light, it was blinding. <laughs> <laughs> um but yes he is looking awesome and i think a lot of people even as i say if you haven't got dark angels armies will be getting him to paint him up because there's a lot going there's up. a part of
0: me that's definitely tempted to, to restart my dark angels army but we shall see I, I mean
1: i so i've i i'm now lucky enough to be in receipt of the three brothers on the chaos side right so I've got I've got Angron, I've got the very, very lovely Magnus that that uh, Mr. War Hipster painted, um which you can see on his channel as well, and I've got my Mortarian. So I kind of feel like I should do a Gilliman and uh, the lion on the Imperium side as well. So then I've got like you know, the the currently available forty K Primark range um in in all their glory um and you know what it'll be very interesting to see what he does you know on the tabletop especially as we are heading into a new edition which yes we promise we'll get to shortly um so presumably he's going to have a bunch of rules and then they will immediately change fairly shortly after he's come out uh, which will be quite fun um but yeah he's, he's 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 got a new sword as well that is the other interesting thing because i think there was there was some debate and people who are dark angels fans you know drop us a message let us know but certainly um our friend uh, ed the sandman who is a massive dark angels fan he was saying we were having some chat with him about um how what's going to happen with you know if the lion did come back what would happen with his uh, with his sword because the lion's sword is currently with uh, the soul sort of sculpted onto the cipher model um because the cipher has uh, the lion's sword so it was interesting to see how they would kind of resolve that and the answer is that the lion's just got himself a new sword um, so he is, uh, he is he is he is you know perfectly happy with his lovely new weapon uh presumably although hopefully there might be some interesting interaction with cypher happening in the future um the other thing i would say that's really cool about this model um is the Watchers in the dark the little creepy jawas that follow dark angels uh, characters around um this is the first time ever we've actually seen one of their like body parts for want of a better word because obviously they normally just they have the the cloaks over the whole of them you can actually see one's hand and they look like a little skeleton so that's kind of interesting. I wonder what they what they actually are. I mean they're clearly like sort of warp things of some sort. So yeah. Or Jawas. Hotimo. You know? Um but yeah, what did you what did you think? Come on, Josh. I know I know I know you're cynical about your forty K, but you must have looked at this and gone, that's actually quite cool. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's all right.
2: It's okay. It's alright. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's pretty cool. Come
0: on, we know you have a Dark Angels
2: army. Yeah, if, you want see, if you want to see my uh my reaction, head to youtube.com forward slash <laughs> stream. And you can watch it on the stream. It's a very nice model. Um it's it's wicked. Um I'm more interested in the story at the mm-hmm. moment. But they've promised they've promised that there's a satisfying conclusion mm-hmm. to the Arcs of Omen. And they've promised that lots of stuff happens and that it's a really cool story. So I'm excited to read that. That that's what I'm looking forward to. Because the last time a Primarch returned, we had Rise of the Primarch, we had Fracture of Baeltan, and we had Fall of Cadia. So far, the Arcs of Omen has not lived up to the Gathering Storm. Um and, you know, everyone's favorite series of books, Psychic Awakening, nothing happened. Arcs of Omen, nothing's happened. Um, you know, like it's 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 like I really want something to happen mm. that is of consequence.
0: Yeah, yeah. We we still uh, need to get closer to destroying the emperor and get chaos a little bit closer to to terror.
2: We'll so see if that or, happens or not, or that the lion coming back does beat them back. Yeah, like one of those two things. That I'm happy with either. What I don't want. Is the lion comes back to establish a new stalemate? Yeah, which will probably happen. But I want something to get destroyed first. Yeah. Well, I, what I would just, what I would like, what I would hope to happen in this is that the last key that they're looking for for whatever whatever this nefarious plan of chaos is, that the last key is held by Mister Mister Johnson, um, and that. He destroys it because I'll be annoyed if the next edition of 40k is all about the fourth tyrannic war and also the entire of the entirety of the chaos forces are, but one key away from finally completing their victory. Just like Ivrain is one crone sword away from finally resurrecting such and such, just like such and just like the Salamanders are one relic away from bringing the return. It's like, just can can we just like stop edging me 40k? (laughs) (laughs) Give give me something. Give me something. Give me something.
1: Yeah, come on, let me go.
2: Yeah. Um, like have have what? what what would be really funny is if, if the lion manages to properly banish Angron for another two editions.
1: <laughs> no, I'm still painting him, don't do
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> he's, so, he's dead now. He's only he used in historical games. Yep. Yeah. He's he's banished again uh, into the into the realm in, into the void. You
1: have to go. You can use you can use him in Horus Heresy because he does canonically become a demon prince in Horus Heresy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, when you can, him as... when you want to play your Siege of Terror battles, you can. Yeah, um, you, can you can use, use him as Angron Ascended. <laughs> Angron Ascended. Yeah. No, I'm um, I'm I'm very excited by it the does, prospect it does of something say... happening.
1: I will say it does say the little like blurb that they've got here says the key fragments have been gathered, but the Dark Angels have begun a quest of bloody retribution, pursuing information extracted from a black, a captive black legionnaire who is on the rock after the events of Vashdor. What they find is a revelation that will shock them to the core. One so incredible that even the cool head... Of Grand Master Azrael is clouded by righteous fury. Against them stand Vashtor, Abaddon, and Angron. This trifecta of terrible tyrants is too much for any force of heroes to overcome. But the timely arrival of Lionel Johnson and Dante's Blood Angels may yet snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. And then I like this. This is quite snarky. If only the lion had always been this good at turning up to sieges on time. <laughs> 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 which, is, which is true, um, I mean, but no. It suggests. Like... It suggests. I mean, they're obviously they're going to you know do their own hype, right? But it does suggest that something interesting may happen.
2: Well, and this is what I'm excited about, right? Because, like. The Blood Angels are going to... They're, they're probably out of practice now, because they've, the, <laughs> they've spent the last... Fighting Tyranids. The last four editions fighting tyrannids in the Red Scar. But <laughs> they're like... going to be great in 10. <laughs>
1: <laughs> No, lads, we've got this. We'll sort it out. Your fourth Tyrannic War is going to be over in 10 minutes. That going to go mash a Swarm Lord.
2: Yeah, the 10th edition rules for Blood Angels are like, when fighting anything that has the keyword Tyrannid, get plus two to hit. Everything else minus four. <laughs> have forgotten how to fight everything else. But yeah, Dante is turning up. So presumably what we're going to see in the book is we're going to see the Rock head over to Imperium Nihilus. Mm. That's presumably what we're going to see. I mean, I know it's been going back and forth anyway down the, um uh what's it called, Vigilus. What's the, what, uh, the is it the, the Naqmund Gauntlet? Gauntlet? Yeah, yeah. So I know that That's things up. have been going back and forth. Anyway,
1: the M six the of the forty K universe. <laughs> yeah,
2: but one one of the things that I've always been kind of very interested in, in terms of returning another loyalist Primarch, is how does that how does that change the balance of power in the universe as it stands? Because we have one Primarch who is the Lord Regent of the entire of the Imperium, and he is he has the entire Imperium on his shoulders. Does the Lion say? oh, dickhead, I'm in charge now. Or does he go, I'll go and take that bit. So are we going to see the Lion and the Rock go full time over to Imperium Nihilus, in which case a a, a serious amount of duty and uh, weight is going to be lifted off of poor old Dante's shoulders because he's the one whose entire... <laughs> He's yeah, a space he's charge, marine that is currently in charge of half the galaxy. <laughs> um, which is... And it's the, half,
1: it's the half where things are not going well. Let's just be clear as well. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It,
2: it's like, oh, come on now. Gilliman, if you're going to be anywhere, you should be over on that side. And Dante should have the easier <laughs> time of it over here. No, it's just like, we'll draw straws for it, shall we, Dante? <laughs> Dante's like, I really don't want to do this. Um But he just wants to die. (laughs) Exactly. Well, he's been trying to do that for years. That's Um, why he took the (laughs)
0: the Primaris Rubicon or whatever it is. Yeah, I know.
1: They put him through the Rubicon Primaris and he was like, this will finally kill me, right? And they're like, yeah, well, it could do, my lord. There's a high risk. And he's like, oh, okay. In that case, let's get on with it. Then
2: he he just. Don't even bother. Don't even bother with the anesthetic. What's that? (laughs) Safety (laughs) procedure? Nah, give it to me raw. (laughs) I'll just swallow it, shall I? Let's do it. Let's do it that way. (laughs) (laughs) my lord it seems like you're trying to commit suicide what whilst we're doing it whilst we're doing this whilst i'm crossing the rubicon primaris can someone just let a swarm lord in here Uh, i I was able to beat one last time it's fine i can i can do it again crusty old dante with broken armor armor beat the beat the bloody swarm lord. anyway i'm excited to see sounds like we need an apothecary a heavy apothecary yeah, one with a one with a thick with two arse. <laughs> now I- I'm just I'm I'm excited for the book. Uh, the model is gorgeous, and we can wax lyrical about the No model. It always was going to be its Primark. They've done it, as you said, they've said it really well within the universe. Um, I think it's better than the Gilliman model. Um, I agree. Yeah, Hundred percent. And. It's, yeah, where where
0: would you rank like the tier of primarchs like which is the best which is the worst in terms of what, just, model model design, just model design just uh, so
2: model design I reckon line, this one's near the top yeah I put the lion in first Angron in second, second. Mortarion in third uh, Magnus in fourth Gilliman in fifth that sounds pretty good to me actually
1: I put I put Magnus and Mortar I put Magnus and uh, Gilliman like equal just joint fourth. Because they're like they're all right. They're both they're both all right. I will say I didn't realize until you it depends until... on how
0: how much you're into nipple horns.
1: <laughs> well, you've got to hang your washing, you've got to hang your washing <laughs> or shopping or whatever you're carrying or something. I was going to say I will say about Magnus's model. Would again very kindly to Josh uh, painted a, a Magnus. Uh, That's right, you useful, paid for it. <laughs> but I, yeah, yeah, true, Joke. true that. <laughs> Both you just I both paid, just take I, a I, take a sip. I I paid, I paid for it in blood uh by by getting my ass handed to me by Rogal Dawn tanks at the weekend. Um no the, <laughs> And they by bibelical. Um, yeah, they're bibelical, yeah. No, the um the Magnus model you don't you don't realise like how or I didn't realise like how physically bigger how much physically bigger he is than the others. Like mm. like just his body, his body is bigger than Angron, it's bigger than Mortarion. It's like, that's why... Yeah. Like M- like
0: Mortarion's a, a big Magnus. muddle, but he's, like, floating up above and then yeah, yeah, his yeah. wings are kind of stretching up. So, like, the actual, like, physical body is much smaller than Magnus, who's just yeah. a big boy.
1: Well, Mag- Magnus is stood on the ground and Magnus's hips are, like, at the level of, um, like, Mortarion's chest. Well, not quite, I mean, just below, maybe at sort of the level of his stomach. And Mortarion is, as you say, floating. Like, it's it's just impressive how gigantic he is. Yeah, he's enormous. Um, but yeah, I do. I do think this model and Angron are up there as the two best they've done. But you know what? It's it, we're ranking them right, but ultimately it's reflecting the updated sculpting of the models, right? They, they're only going to keep getting better, and this is where this is this is showing that it's showing that level of, of quality.
2: I think what um, what you're seeing in 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 Games Workshop models at the moment is something that it is a move away from the way they used to do things, right? And very much traditional models are based around a slotted base.
1: Mm.
2: So everything is standing as if it was 2D on a page. You could draw everything. And I would put Mortarian, same thing. It's quite two d two dimensional. Magnus is quite two dimensional. And Gilliman is quite two dimensional. They're both flat on um, legs apart. Everything's on display forward here. Yeah.
0: There is that optimal viewing
2: angle. Yeah. What you're seeing is Rather than dynamism going to the left or to the right, you're seeing dynamism coming directly forward. And that's why the Angron model is as amazing as it is, because he's coming forward. Yeah. And this lion model is as amazing as it is, because he's literally stepping forward.
1: Yeah. He's coming forward to cause problems for you, (laughs) basically. i I would say as well about this book just moving away from the models for a second i mean it's called arcs of omen the lion for very obvious reasons but i feel like it should based on what they've described here and on the like preview photos they've used and and this sends a a sort of shiver of down my spine i think it's cool it should almost be called arcs of omen angels of death because it is the dark angels and the blood angels hooking up Mm -hmm. together again to go and fight some bad guys which is you know back in the day before they had their own bits, they were in the Angels of Death book together, um, both of them, mm. which was, which is just awesome. Um, so you yeah. know what
2: the model's really evocative of for me? Oh, what, the, the, fi- the line? Yeah. yeah. When I first saw it, I was picturing um, that moment in the Fellowship of the Ring when Aragorn walks forward at Weathertop mm. And,
1: mm.
2: And, then there's the... The, and then there's the ring race all around.
1: Yeah, fight the Nazgul.
2: That's what I was picturing. Because in that moment, Aragorn is the lone questing knight mm. sent to defend the light from the darkness. This is yes. what this model absolutely looks like to me.
1: Yeah, and I feel like there's going to be a lot of quibbling over which head to use because he's got a bunch of head options and they all look really good. Um like there's there's various helmets. Yeah, there's um, there's some really good options there, and, so. and face combinations which are really cool. To the point that, like, I kind of feel like I might even like if I get him, I might even try and magnetize it just so I can swap out the heads because they're all they're all that good. It's not like with Gilliman, where you just get Gilliman face or Gilliman in the helmet. This is like there's there's different options which is really nice.
2: Yeah. So, where do you fall, should... Rich, on Dark Angel's oh, cool. helmets? Ah, uh, I mean, Dark Angel's helmets are fucking stupid but they're cool yeah there's
0: definitely some of them where they're like the big plumes up the side where you're like well really but it's i i am really into that like sort of medieval sort of knight aesthetic that you can kind of get over it most of the time and they're not like so incredibly stupid that they look dumb it's just like yeah it's just a bit over the top but 40k is over the top so hey here we go
2: interesting dark angel helmets are okay but uh they're they're borderline, they're they're passable. But bucket hats are not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Just wanted to know the depths of your hypocrisy. There, there is <laughs> there is a
0: level, there is a line, and sometimes I'm like, okay, cool, I'm fine, this is this is all good. But So the some... helmet
2: the helmet has to either be six foot tall <laughs> or head shaped. Or head shaped,
1: yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm gonna do, Rich? Do you know what I will do? I will, I will, I will personally buy and commission a lion for you, but I'll get them to sculpt a bucket out on it <laughs> so you can have a green bucket hat. Looks, like so he... looks like he's just going to a rave. Looks like he's just one
2: euro ninety six. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> the dream is alive um now i must admit that 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 some of the some of the you know again because of the age of a lot of the sculpts some of the the dark angels helmets with the big winged bits on the side they they look like they should be really cool but they do look a bit silly the one that they've got for the lion i don't know i guess it's just the proportions of it it actually it looks like the um because another example of one that's really good like that the lord of the rings guys the um the guard of the fountain court from gondor because they have yeah. those slightly silly wings on the side, but they look they look really good because it's just all proportioned. It looks nice. So, yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, the lion is
2: really cool. What I've seen, though, here. what's been interesting is everyone's been like, everyone's talking about the lion's sword. They're like, but Cypher has the lion's sword. He's wearing a clearly, yeah, but He's wearing he's clearly wearing a completely different helmet to the one Asriel's been carrying around. And <laughs> Asriel's got the lion's helmet. No one's mentioned it. Everyone's been like, the yeah. sword. What about the helmet? The helmet. That's actually a so, fair point, yeah. Someone's made that helmet for him new.
1: Belisarius cool. he, was like, he went in and he was like, I mean, can, you do, can you do anything with it? I'd like a bucket hat. And he was like, I'm sorry, I don't do bucket hats. Sort you out with a nice helmet.
2: Magos Belisarius Watkin was like, no. No, nah, sorry, we, we, we don't do bucket hats. You can either have a winged helmet or not at all, you dick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or you're wearing a cloak over your head.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. I did. I did see a very funny. Someone done it. Maybe the cloak is
0: there to hide the bucket hat.
1: I, I did see somebody had done a very funny Photoshop of um, the, the full winged helmet with the cloak over. <laughs> I didn't see that right as well. Today I, was, I was, I was, we did it. I had it earlier today. I played some games um, with our, our friend uh, Charles, um, who, 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 you know, is, is was. Talk- we were talking about the lion, and he said the thing that he would like to see is somebody sculpt out of green stuff the helmet. Uh, sorry, the 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 hood for the cloak, but with like two little ear holes, like on the side, so the wings could go through it, so it could just be like a normal <laughs> helmet. The wings on the outside so if you're out there yeah, and you're yeah. thats short sure, that's your sure opportunity to do that so talked about the lion and the other big announcement that they made as we have already alluded to multiple times is we're getting a new edition of what I'm a 40k <laughs> 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 Yeah, it it, it was it was very cool. They we all we also I think there was a lot of a lot of belief that we were in that point in the life cycle of the game, that there might be something new coming along. There was a lot of debate about whether it would when it would appear. And lo, it has been announced with a very cool CGI trailer, I thought. Um, Very cynical CGI trailer featuring Gilliman being all dowdy um, and being all sort of, you know, sort of very... um, What's like very pessimistic about the opportunities for the Imperium to do well um, because. Your friends, my friends, the friends of the Blood Angels in particular, as Josh has just alluded to, the Tyranids have turned up. And this time they're on the other side of the galaxy because they spent a lot of time going into the east of the galaxy. They started over there yeah. on time and they went. They had the first tyrannic, or the first and second Tyranic Wars, I think, were against the Ultramarines. Possibly all three were just against the Ultramarines. Then we had the Blood Angels thing with, with Leviathan in the, sky, in the red scar. And they've been, as Josh says, clearing out. Tyrannids for the last like four hundred years now, just trying to get rid for of the last fish. three editions. <laughs> just being like, please, <laughs> put someone else to fight that isn't a tyranny. Um, and now the tyrannids have rocked up on the other side of the galaxy, much closer to which, Terra. like, um,
0: existentially, should be like, what well, the? Oh, it's a big hell? problem. Yeah, like it's a huge problem. They like, they were like, oh yeah, we've we've totally like crushed, like scattered Leviathan. They're like done for. Oh no, that was just like a splinter fleet here is now like the biggest tyranny invasion we've ever seen from the other side of the galaxy so the leviathan problem is much bigger than we ever thought
1: yeah the, the leviathan problem is definitely a problem for the imperium but this has led us into some cool opportunities before and there's two sides to this we should talk about some of the the new uh, very briefly touch on the new the new models or the new things they've they've sort of shown or announced and then also probably we should spend some time talking about um, the the rules changes because they have talked a little bit about some of those obviously again not in great detail yet but uh, in the new model front as shown in the cgi trailer and there's a whole bunch of stuff in the CGI If you haven't seen i encourage you to go and watch it there's like a new dreadnought there is the thick with two c's um apothecary who appears to be wearing gravis armor there are um, new intercessors with like combi flamers and combi melters which is a new thing for the primaris um and the thing that i think every, quite a few people were very excited about new terminators they've done what I just want to call this what I said they would do. And I was told by certain people, not you guys, but I was told by certain people I was being an idiot because inevitably it would going to be Primaris terminators. And they've, they've done exactly why I was like, yeah, I reckon if they ever do it, they'll do exactly the same that they did with the chaos terminators, which is take a classic sculpt that really works and just scale it up. And that's exactly what they've done. And we're getting brand new space Marine proper um, Indomitus pattern armor. It is Indomitus Pattern Armour, isn't it? Yeah, Terminators um, with Assault Cannons and Storm Bolters and Power Fists, which is really cool. I, I thought they-, they just look awesome.
2: Allegedly. Yeah. What? I've been waiting to say allegedly, because you, you you what you've done there is you, you've, you've gotten lots of listeners very excited about a lot of things that you don't know for sure are going to happen. Well, <laughs> oh,
1: but they're on the they're on the preview page. The the, the no no the no no not the
2: Terminators. I mean all the stuff you said before.
1: Oh, oh well, I don't know. Okay, fine. I will caveat it accurately. I don't know that they will get new models, but they generally show stuff that is in stuff that is shown in the trailer, as it was with um uh, the ninth edition trailer that they did. Generally, tended to turn. Into yeah, the new I mean new they, 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 says, new
0: things. they they said they they said like oh, Terminator fans, go and have a look at the trainer trailer for like seeing what your new models might be.
2: Well, if that's the case, then I'm still waiting for my overlord flyer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't that just in the book or did that turn up in the last trailer as well?
2: Everything else was in the book, Richard. That means everything (laughs) else has to come. It's definitely on its way. No, it Um, it was a cool trailer. Do you know what? One thing that's disappointed me about all of this so far mm, is that Dante got spoiled early.
1: Mm. Yeah, that was a shame. That was a shame. It would have been nice if he'd have been part of this.
0: I mean, he got his own spotlight in a way, but at the same time, he wasn't
2: part of everything else. I just wonder if there's like an entire section of that cinematic trailer where Dante arrives with angels of death <sighs> on his wings. <laughs> I,
0: I don't I think so because saying. it's all about Gillum and, and the Lion wasn't part of that. So it's. I think this is Dante would have been like wrapped up in all the arcs of home and stuff, and now we're. Moving across the other side of the galaxy and looking at a new story,
2: mm. well, as just, they I, say. I just, I wish we'd gotten a cinematic video for Dante. That's all. But yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, 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 think it's very early to speculate. Obviously, of course, but oh, yeah. coming for tenth yeah. edition. Yeah um, and we
1: should say everything everything we talk about here is is speculation just based off what's on the uh, the previews because they're making this up as that, alive, that being so- said
0: <laughs> like I was saying um that I thought they were just going to show us a trailer and then be like cool see you at Warhammer Fest one we'll talk about it more but they actually like went through a lot of the rules changes and told us like, a lot of what to expect and what's coming yeah. up.
1: Yeah. and if, yeah, it that was quite and i will say it was it was quite funny that they did um there were a lot of people when they did the bit before adepticon where they had the the you know the, the video of the 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 terminator's eye and you could see like a tyranny in it and then there was the tyranny's eye and you could see a terminator in it or the other way around i i did see quite a lot of people being like duh they're never going to announce a new edition at like you know a third party event this must be um space hulk <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't,
2: don't understand this. I've seen I've seen people have the same take of like, can't believe Games Workshop teased Space Hulk and then gave us a tenth edition. I'm disappointed, and I'm like, they never teased Space Hulk. There are no Blood Angels, Deathwing, or Gene Stealers in either of those videos.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Do you, yeah, exactly. Space Hulk was never on the cards unless they were going to change Space Hulk to be Ultramarines versus Terminators, which would not be a particularly fair Space Hulk. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just Ultramarines Terminators versus basic troops <laughs> in 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 small corridors, it was never yes. going to happen. It was always going to be 10th edition.
1: And I must say, on on talking about the, the, the Termagants, because they have shown off the new, updated Termagant model, and as somebody who has quite a lot of Termagants, and, you know, Hormagaunts and various other tyranny things that are quite old sculpts, now still still looking good, I will say, they still generally look quite good, um, these are a massive improvement, and they also look like they probably won't just fall over at the first opportunity.
0: Yeah, nice, it, uh... <laughs> it, it does look like that, so some people might be a bit upset that, that it does look like it's maybe a slightly bigger base, maybe a 28 mil base, yeah. but the of themselves is fantastic and what a lot yeah. of pointed people pointed out as well is you kind of see how far the GW paint schemes have, have come as well because you look at the old when they did like the side by side you look at the old term again and it's like oh that's like I could achieve that and then you look at the new one and then well Josh could achieve that but for the rest of us, it's like
1: to a to little,
0: little bit more work there. We'll have to follow this tutorial. But yeah, like there's definitely like been a progression, obviously, in the level of painting just across the hobby in general as represented by the GW painters, I guess.
2: I've only just realized, Rich, that you're wearing a glove. But yeah. The reason why I, I, is because with like, a glove. <laughs> when, when, when you lifted your hand up, all like see was the glove. So I thought you were gesticulating as with a with a with like a prop hand, and I was like, I was about to say that's really funny, and then realise it's actually you're wearing a glove. We've been talking for an hour and forty two minutes, and I hadn't realised. <laughs>
0: well, you know hand. the reason why I wear a glove is because like I like you, I, I like wipe off paint on my thumb, and it's just so I don't have to like scrub the paint off. My thumb afterwards.
2: Well, g- genuinely, it was just like I thought. My God, this man is a master of the unseen comedy. Now you're wearing a your glove. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, I'll just bring I'm a- an idiot, and next time, yeah, yeah, just like, literally like a little Halloween prop hand. I thought that's what you're doing, like, because you obviously can't see this at home. But like, it was genuinely it was very funny to me. This is my justifying hand. You put your other hand up. You put your other hand up so that I could see it was your arm but only <laughs> your hand was visible so I thought it was a prop hand.
1: <laughs> um yeah okay Mo- moving swiftly to- on from Um back to the, the, the ham hands, the ham hammer. Um yeah, so they have they showed off and, and as I say, as Rich says, they talked about a lot of the changes that are coming with the new mm. edition. And I think the request change. And I will say we'll say one thing we'll say one thing that I thought was really nice before we go through the changes. I haven't seen or I've seen barely any negativity about this, which is massive. The the and what was the term I told you about the other day, um um josh that i saw somebody use the youtube joy vacuums (laughs) which is a great (laughs) description even they and you know who you are if you're one of these people even they have remained silent because it actually looks like they have genuinely listened to the like based on the thing that the guys from the design team and there's a little video you can watch where they go through it there's a couple of articles on warhammer community i encourage you to go read them if you like playing 40k um they really seem to have listened to what players have been asking for. They're making yeah. a big play that this is going to be all about streamlining, all about simplification. And I know there are some cynical people out there, and I know I was you know, talking to some people today who said, you know, well, we heard that before in, in, in ninth edition. And it's like, yeah, but they're making changes which appear to be more sweeping. So they have shown off, for example, yeah. a new data sheet, which is more like a data slate for the um, Termagants. And on that, it, it just looks to be a simplified, streamlined way of doing it. They said there's going to be less stratagems, there's going to be less relics, there's going to be less like all of that sort of. Yeah. So
0: rules, the the big thing the big thing was that you, there'll be one like double page spread of all your army rules, and that'll be it. Yes. And then the rest is on your data cards. But for me, the most important thing. So two things. One is any negativity that I saw tend to be about. The promise of free rules and it's like oh well they're just going to bring codexes yes they'll bring codexes that you have to pay for so but you're still getting free stuff to begin with so you don't have to buy the indexes so it's still great and there will still be some free rules going forward um but then the second thing is and probably the most important thing that i saw was this one in one out philosophy of if we give you more rules it will replace the old rules so you're always dealing with that one page spread That, to me, that sort of assuages those sort of, oh, it's just going to be like 8th edition where it then became complicated. It assuages those doubts because you're just going to replace the old rules with slightly better rules. So there might still be some codex creep, but it'll still be simple. You'll still be able to understand it really clearly.
2: I I think undoubtedly you see some codex creep, right? It's it's just the Mm -hmm. nature of moving from an index to a codex. But like, yeah, I, what, what the game's going to be simple Yeah, what, what it signals to me and Again, this is all just speculation at this point, but it does signal to me that the books when they do come out will have a much greater focus on background and narrative because these ninth edition books a lot of it was cut out
1: Yeah, it was really pared back which is a shame because yeah. a lot of the artwork that went into the ninth ones, like in terms of just back, like the codexes themselves are, in terms of some of the content that's in there, particularly artwork, are really lovely. Like they're, they're really, really nice, but they really did cut down a lot of the, the lore for sure. Yeah,
2: I mean, I'm hoping what we're going to get is some form of significant event in the in Arks of Omen the Lion. And I'm hoping that we're going to get um, kind of a sort of hard reset on narrative backgrounds that kind of explain everything that's happened to each individual faction as well as a little bit of their origins and stuff all that kind of classic stuff you see in like what in an age of sigma battle tome. all of the age of sigma battle tomes can um contain information about what happened during the age of myth during the age of chaos and during the age of sigma um it's obviously heavier touch on the Age of Sigmar because there's more information um, that they have Mm. because, you know, Age of Myth, it's a time of myth, Age of Chaos. Everyone was dying. Um, (laughs) It's a lot of chaos (laughs) going on, surprisingly. (laughs) Even all the chaos was dying. Um, Yeah. But, you know, the Age of Sigma is a time of rebirth and renewal, right? So everyone's kind of... All factions are resurfacing or having a resurgence, as you say, in in kind of face of... um, sigmar trying to restore order to the mortal realms what i would love to see is that kind of thing come across into these 10th edition codexes because i like codexes i do i like codexes a lot and i like them for that reason to be able to read about what's going on with the army in question and what has been i think a critical point for me of ninth is the rules have been more in depth than they've ever been and that's been at the expense of force organization charts. Yeah. So, things like I don't think there is a structure of a regiment in the Astra Militarum book. No. There's a diagram, yeah. That.
0: They, they used to list out like here is a space marine company, and here are all yeah. like how many units they all include, and all that sort of stuff. I'm not sure if that's still in the space marine codex or whether that's gone it to the is. wind. It is,
2: it is in the space marines codex, but what it doesn't answer is the so I had a lot of questions right when Indomitus came out because I like to add space marines to my blood angels based on the company. Um, and like what role they fulfill. And then that to me dictates what I buy next for the space Marines, because I'm trying to fill out companies. Right. Um, What they weren't clear on, even in the new codex was you still like, we've got fire support and close support squads. And it's like, okay, but what are they? So like the big question I had was um, assault intercessors in blood angels. Are they troops? Are they close support or are they fire support? Because their unit their unit battlefield role, on terms of the game, is that they are troops. But they are not a battle line squad. They are a close support squad. Which means in a battle company, you would have maybe 20 of them, two squads. Because you have six battle line, two close support, two fire support, in a traditional battle company of space marines. But what if you wanted to field 60 of them?
0: Because
2: Blood Angels fast attack, has yellow helmets. Assault intercessors, Blood Angels assault intercessors, have yellow helmets, which means that they're close support, so you would only really have 20 of them. But then, with the Indomitus Crusade and all the injection of the Primaris Marines, all of that's been kind of thrown out the window in terms of the force organisation, because it can be pretty much anything you want, and the Space Marines kind of chop and change their roles based on the tactical advantage that they're seeking. But we haven't had in a codex an explanation of that it's all been pulled from various different sources by people like me who are obsessed with that type of thing to be able to build our large Space Marine collections and I think a lot of Space Marine fans they end up at this point anyway because you build your 2000 point army and then they release the next lot of Space Marines and you go cool I'm going to add more and then you add mm-hmm. more, and then you add more, and you've been adding Space Marines for three years, and suddenly you've got four or 5,000 points. And then you think to yourself, everyone's done it. Adam, I know you've done it. Rich, I know you've done it at one point where you've gone, I wonder if I could build this out to be an entire chapter. Mm-hmm. And that's a fleeting thing. That one goes away, but then you'll under um, this. Unless you're Alex, who does that from the beginning. Unless you're yeah, Alex. And <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, to be fair to you also then have that thing where so you go, oh, no, 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 a chapter is silly. I'm not going to do a 1,000 Space Marines. Think of the amount of rhinos. But you
1: well, then someone go... Someone think of the rhinos.
2: <laughs> but then you go, what about a company? And then you look at your 2,000-point arm and you go, well, I've got 30 intercessors there. So all I need is 30 more. Mm. Everyone does it, I think, with Space Marine Collections. It is something that goes through your head. Every single person out there who's a fan of Space Marines. So... That that not being like fully explored in the codex for me was like when I opened Space Marines Codex 9th Edition, I was like, "Oh, that's missing." Mm. And then as we've gone on, I've been like, "Where's the organization here? Like, where is an example of the? Was it the was is it three one one Gladiator Cadre?"
1: Oh, you mean in what it is? Yeah, Gladiator Cadre three three
2: one. Yeah, okay, so gladi- Gladiator Cadre 331, great They're example. so cool. It's so there is cool. A, there's like three paragraphs about them?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm building my entire army just based on that,
2: <laughs> based which on is, those
1: three paragraphs.
2: Which is great. But wouldn't it be even more fun if you knew what the sort of rough makeup of that was?
1: Yeah, yeah, it would be good to know. It would be good to know. Uh,
2: and, 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 yeah. and that's not in there.
1: Well, the the World Eaters Codex is a good, and the World Eaters Codex we've said this before is obviously a good indicator, and I think this the, the questions that they have answered because there is a Q and A about this upcoming edition, and again, I think to be fair to the to be fair to the 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 guys over at Warhammer Community and the rules design team, like again they've done a really good job of being very upfront about what a lot of this is obviously while still retaining you know a lot of the detail and we're going to get that over the next few weeks right you you, assuming over the next few months up to whenever this will actually be unleashed upon the world but they've been very very sort of open in a way that i don't think they have been previously in necessarily with talking about the changes that it's going to bring and how it's going to work like we've got you know that they they mention in their um uh, they, you know what, they said it on the stream, I think. I don't think there's any of the arguments. They said it on the stream when they were talking about it or on one of the preview videos, where they said, you know, you will have, like, roughly six stratagems and army or roughly six relics and armies. Like so the World Eaters Codex, assuming that is right, assuming that is the case, the World Eaters Codex does very much, as we've previously discussed on this podcast, come across as this is a, a like a preview almost of where things are going. So all I would say is, because I know a few people when they looked at the audience codex did the whole meet again, I won't go into this cause you talked about it. The whole like, Oh, why isn't there, you know, not, not, not what Josh is doing about law and about organization, but about rules. They were like, Oh, well, why is there more of this or more of that? This is unfair. Why can't I take this thing? Why can't I take that thing? And you know, there, you know, as we've discussed before, there, there are, there are legitimate criticisms you can make about it. And that's fine. But like, I would strap in kids because probably that indicates much more the direction. And now we, we have it really in, in in writing from from the GW team, that is the direction in which things are going to go. So if you are used to 56 sets of stacking buffs and sub-faction, faction, sub-sub-faction, sub-sub-sub-sub-faction rules that stack on top of each other, you're probably going to be... Like, realistically, they're probably going to be going because it's going to be about yeah. simplification, but not making the game simple, but just making the whole process of building an army and everything like that simpler, which... As someone who i love i love 40k love playing it um i am very happy about that well I a lot of the game
0: time games. people are only really using about six stratagems from their book anyway so this exactly, is exactly. kind of just sort of listening to what we we do in a game and applying it to how they yeah, write rules exactly
1: i would i would rather have six good stratagems that i will use throughout a game right or have the i am no i'm going to use with the right units Then have 30 stratagems of which i will maybe use 10 across the entire lifetime i play the codex depending on how i build my army because a lot of them obviously are unit specific right so that's the other that's the other the catch always is is, there's a lot of stratagems at the moment like if you take you know bombo unit then bombo stratagem applies if you take bland block unit then bland block stratagem applies right it's all very like you know very specific, specific. and it's actually a lot of that could probably move to the data sheet and i think that sounds like it's what they're doing they're going to yeah. move a lot of that stuff onto data sheet like age of sigma does which is on the war scrolls which is really nice um th- they have also said which is i am i'm am really happy about this and i i pulled up the q a in front of me to confirm my excitement are universal special rules returning the short answer is yes so, um, ultimately, the Warhammer Design Studio decided that having the same special rule under a dozen or more separate faction names, as I think we talked about before on this podcast, um, had become a bit of a barrier, in quotes, uh, to the smooth running of the game. Not least because many players simply refer to them by a single name anyway, such as Deep Strike or Feel No Pain. So there will be no more, presumably no more of, like, you know, faction-specific version of Feel No Pain or faction-specific version of...
0: Yeah, rather than Manta Strike yeah. and teleportation all the all this stuff is just deep strike which again was how a lot of players who had played previous editions referred to it anyway although there is one unique universal special rule that wasn't the last edition or the current edition that is going away and that's Mm. objective secured which is now being replaced by objective control you're you're really excited about
1: this aren't you and i I think that's cool so if people haven't seen this if you have a look at the if you have a look at the sorry josh gonna say, if you have a look at the if you go onto warhammer community you have a look at the data sheet for um the term that they published they have a little as as rich and josh both right rightly suggest there they have a little um oc stat which is next to their sort of movement toughness save wounds and leadership um and everybody i think on the stream was like What's OC? And they have answered that. And as, as, as Rich says, it says OC stands for objective control and it's a measure of how good a unit is at holding a contested objective. The confusing days of objective secured are gone. We'll have more info on how the new rule works very soon. Which is which is cool. Right? I saw you a mean,
2: fantastic yeah. take on OC. On what OC.
1: Oh yeah, what was this? What was this? We like hot takes here at the podcast.
2: Somebody made a post on on Reddit.
1: Oh, it's Spend. always Reddit's a good place for this sort of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah said i am not a fan of games workshop's new operational counters rule <laughs> what <laughs> yeah uh, and they explained that what the oc value stands for is operational counters and it's the amount of times you can use the unit in a game <laughs> <laughs> It's just someone making up stuff. Yeah, it's somebody who <laughs> watched the stream on mute and didn't read any of the words, saw it, and made up their own version of it, and then decided to complain about it. I love thing, that. This is one of the things I think has been very, very, very well done about this, about everything that they've shared so far, is that you're right, it's very hard for the Joy Vacuum to start up because they've They've kind of ad- they've addressed a lot of things without addressing you know without saying yeah, too much. The,
0: the immediate concerns at least
2: yeah, they've said a lot of stuff and they revealed a lot of information without giving us everything at once, which is good um, so much so that if you have like a real bee in your bonnet about games workshop products the f- kind of criticisms you're going to be making based on the information at hand about the new stuff that's coming, Mm. will all be completely at odds with what those individuals have said for six, seven, eight, nine, ten months. So, like, you know, to be like... like, "Ah, GW is basically
0: giving the community what it asked for. It's like, if you were complaining about GW before, you should be very happy because they've listened to complaints and they've used that feedback to help design the new edition.
2: Yeah. It's like the people who say it's like people like you and me rich you've been around the block for a long long time and you know everybody in seventh edition used to complain that games workshop didn't update the game in ninth edition they've complained that games workshop updates the game too much it's the same crowd
0: yeah and there, there is a happy middle ground the release schedule can be quite intense Mm-hmm. But they are listening to people, and they are giving us new rules rather than having to wait three, four, five years to get a new Dark Elder Codex.
1: And I, I feel like I feel like with the release schedule criticism in particular, and and like some people have said this about ninth edition, is that we kind of got stuffed by COVID, which everybody seems to have both remembered and forgotten, right? Which is that this I think this edition doesn't feel for some people, it doesn't feel as long, particularly for people who can't play regularly, right? You can only play very occasionally. It kind of feels like ninth has come and gone very quickly because we had COVID in the middle of it. Like, you know, it, it just it completely completely ruined the 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 normal schedule of releases and and the ability and obviously more importantly ruined the ability of people to actually play the game. It's an in person game. I like yeah, turning it's up roll rolling dice, right? It's a social thing as much as it is a as it is a as it is a competitive thing to me. But anyway, but that, that's aside. Like, so ninth the other thing be- is
2: very much the addition of Warhammer oh, that is like the seasons of television that were made during the writers' strike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure, you know, like when you had like sitcoms that were like yeah, twenty-two yeah, yeah. to twenty-four episodes, but during the writers' strike, they were only eleven episodes long, and they were a little bit weird. Yeah, yeah, it's like that. Like we've we've only really realistically been able to play Ninth Edition properly for about a year and a
0: half. Mm. I definitely played more Eighth than I have of Ninth.
2: Oh, one hundred percent same. But that's because I'm an antisocial dick and I don't like playing Warhammer with people. <laughs> um, so
1: what, one thing I would say as well, just before, because we are, we are at the two hour marks, so we will round off soon. One thing I thought, and I think, Richard, it'd be interesting to get your take on this that was quite exciting, is they have said that they are introducing a new official format, as it were, for the game, centred on the Combat Patrol. So so centered on the combat patrol boxes that you can buy for various armies, and the idea is that you can you can get a box each you and you know you and a friend, pe- paint those up or you know glue them together at the very minimum. Uh, and um, then they will have a special set of rules that balance up. The combat patrol boxes against one another because I did see somebody and I think this was on the Death Guard Reddit that was quite funny. Somebody who was obviously relatively new to the game and had read this went, "How the hell is this?" And it was you know the picture of the Death Guard box with like twenty Pox Walkers and Typhus in it. It's supposed to go up against this, and it was like a picture of the the Militarum combat patrol with and Ross in it and stuff. And it, and it was like, "Yeah, fair point." Uh, but no, they said they're going to balance it. So. Rich, I mean, I'm a big fan of Combat Patrol as a 500 point ish format. um, And Rich did a lot of work on the design of the LWG's, well, I say a lot of work, pretty much all the work on the design of the LWG's 500 point tournament. So, no, I absolutely love small
0: points. Yeah, 100%. So, absolutely love the format of small points. Uh, 40k. I think it works really wonderfully. You get small, quick, fun games are a great, great way to just collect up a small army and then go. I was at first a little bit apprehensive of. The idea of preset armies and you can definitely sort of there'll probably be some alterations where you could just you know do some rules like i did to come up with a 500 point force and then play them but the more i thought about it i think i actually quite like this idea of preset armies not only for the whole like balancing them against each other but the fact that you just could walk into a gw pick up a box all the rules will be free online and they've said that the rules for combat patrol will always be free online Uh, And build it however you want And just go and play So you can It's a really great sell for new players Or if you're getting a new army Or even if you're looking forward to the new edition But you don't know what the rules are going to be Just go ahead, pick up a combat patrol Build it, and you've got a new army for the new edition. Mm. Mm. I think it's a really great idea And for them to have all these boxes Now readily available It's a great way to get into the
2: game Speaking of which, yeah. did you see the announcement of uh, Combat Patrol Adeptus Titanicus, where you get a Warhound Titan and two War <laughs> uh, Warlord <laughs> Titans? <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be balanced against 30 boxwalkers, though.
1: Yeah. Well, the balance is that they they can't hit the Poxwalkers, and the Poxwalkers can slowly, <laughs> eventually whittle them down a bit. That's that's it. They they once in every ten turns the Titans get to do something. That's how the game works. It's very long. Um, what, what once I would say, in well, every ten
2: turns. That's yeah, the needs, game just maybe. goes on forever. That's
1: all it will need. Um, so what what I was going to say just before we do finish up the the one other thing I wanted to touch on because it came up today when I was you know playing a game and we were talking about this and I thought this was actually a really good indication of the way the game is going to change is they mentioned I. Don't I don't think they put it in any of these articles but they mentioned on the stream that toughness is going way up on so the game toughness is going up ap is going, up, a- AP is going a- down a- yeah so there's sap so the game will be a bit less you know violently killy as it is at the moment where some you know
0: church like i think a lot of people have been saying for a while that ap had got a little bit too much yeah. and we needed a reset on it and they've done yeah, that well now it is, a
1: bit, it is a bit ridiculous that some you know some some gomp with a with a yeah with a well gomp. like well, a we had, can, like put a hole in the tank
0: yeah but we had our contempt which is basically yeah. to try to fix that problem and, yeah, and we had said really that work. it was yeah. basically just a band-aid it kind of worked but it also was just a band-aid and they need to reset ap and that's yeah. what they've done
1: no i agree but 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 the reason i say that is because the thing is if you think about it right and this was actually i'll give full credit this was i watched um the guys from play on tabletop who i i really like their content i really like what they do um, and i really like the positivity about about all aspects of tabletop wargaming not just warhammer but the uh, jt and tau uh, nick 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 freeze i think his name is um they um they did a, a quite a quick you know hot take to camera having been at adepticon having watched it and one of the things i thought they said was really nice is if you think about it right if you're at the moment we live in a world where and i was saying this today to a friend of ours who's a dark Age player who had a bunch of bikes raven we got plasma right the plasma is like a catch-all weapon right? It can deal with tanks, but it can also just deal with infantry. It just does everything. So you, you just don't need to... Work, like If you have access to loads of good quality anti-tank in 40k right now, you can pretty much just spam that and you just go, well, I don't care, because even if I'm up against infantry, this will just kill them anyway, right? But yeah. then if and if you think about like
0: a, a big knight that has this you know super legacy destructor sort of cannon that's like strength 16, it's like, well, why do yeah. I need that? I've got a bunch of strength eight shots instead.
1: exactly exactly. it's like oh
0: i've got i can get two shots with a missile like two missile launches which is more useful to me than one shot which will probably miss from a big laser destructor.
1: yeah so so and they were saying because the toughness goes up and with the changes to ap it sort of suggests that now it's going to be like it like and they they referenced earlier editions it's going to be a lot more of kind of thinking about what your unit actually does in the game you can't win. Yeah. we're going to have no, really like this trades so it's going to be like no i right i figure i'm going to be playing a tank at some point i should bring a unit that is good at anti tank right but i will also be playing lots of you know potentially lots of troops if if you know this oc mechanic works really good for basic troops or whatever you know however that works oh i need something that can like thin out not necessarily even hordes but just large numbers of of bodies right i need something to deal with that so you're not just going to be able to or or hopefully and again this is all conjecture but hopefully you're not just going to be able to go i'm going to spam endless melters and i'm just good against everything it's like yeah Yeah. well actually but they're crap against troops
0: yeah, so I, I really like the uh, the idea of this sort of stratification of toughness and really high toughness stuff, which makes the higher strength weapons yeah. much more useful. But in terms of the, them trying to design the game to not have spam in it anymore, I really like the sort of, uh, how they described how some units will have abilities, but they can only you know, be used once, so there's not really as much value for them to be taking, yeah. you know, three of them, which is that sort of very competitive thing of like, oh, this unit's good, I'm just going to take min-maxing, lots of that unit. Min, min, Min-max Yeah, that's what people call it, right? You, yeah, you, you, but you... There's, there's often a lot of pushback from more sort of semi-competitive or casual players, they don't like to see that spam of the game, they want to see more of the combined arms. and. <laughs>
1: You're telling, you're telling me the, uh, the mass orb buggy's <laughs> list that existed
2: for a little while wasn't fun,
0: but it deletes 1,500. <laughs> yeah, That was great. Yeah. This actually, to me, this is almost a little bit reminiscent of the current Tyranids codex where each different synapse creature gives a different rule. So you, there's no point in spamming one type of synapse creature because you just get that rule for one of them. So yeah. I, I, if they go in that direction as a person who's been playing Tyranids and been really enjoying it and the while yes there was a a whole bunch of people that spammed Tyranid Warriors, my list was basically like one of everything. I hardly took a second unit of anything and it was super fun and I'd love to see that going into the new edition.
2: I think the other thing that's important is when they say everything's going on the data sheet everything's going on the data sheet and Mm -hmm. so I suspect what you will see is a plasma gun is different in the hands of infantry than it is on a tank.
1: Well, I think they, I think they even said that, right? I think on the stream, because I, I, it, it was one of these moments that stuck in my mind when I was listening to it, is they made a comment where they said something like, you know, I think they, I think they used a bolt gun as a reference, where they said like a bolt gun in the hands of a... a, a space it was screen. a
0: power fist in the hands a of a fist? captain yeah. or a sergeant. could be different strength
1: exactly yeah exactly and it uh, it allows for a lot more variation so i think that is going to be interesting now Again, I wonder if people will find that to be something to moan about when they're like, oh, why have the paraphrase just the same? But it's like, again, if you want to have that levels of interest in the game, we are going to have to have some variation somewhere. Yeah. I'd like, rather have it like that, where it is just all on a data sheet. So even if it's different, I can just go, oh, what does my data sheet say? And that's it. I don't have to then think about, you know, well, snacking. Fun- fun-
0: funnily things, enough, you know? I think that this edition will be less of a transition from seven that we had from seven to 8th, because I think, structurally speaking, the core ru- rules work pretty well so i think they'll they'll tweak them a little bit but they'll broadly keep them roughly the same and then they'll cut down a lot of the strat a lot of the complexity for the stratagems but they've also got a whole host of stratagems so day one they could go cool we're going to pick these six from this for this army we're going to pick this six this for this army. army
1: i think that's what you'll say yeah, yeah I think so
0: there's still cool. going to be a bunch of complexity it's not going to be so super oh, yeah. simple stripped back well, as the- we saw at the beginning of eighth
1: well, the the slogan they've used, and they use it in all of the the kind of blurb they've done about the thing, is simplified, not simple. And I agree with that. They did mention on the stream as well. We should just say, for people who haven't seen it, uh, and I don't again, I don't think they mentioned in the articles. They did mention that the psychic phase and the morale phase are going. Mm, so yeah. ba- battle shock is back, which I think makes Josh very happy. And Battleshock being a being a thing that exists now in 40k as well. Yeah, yeah but um, it's different. Yeah, it's different, different to uh, to, to Age of Sigmar, but it, is but Sigma, but it, it
0: it's sounds like it could be. Quite impactful because it. They were saying that rather than it just being models running away and then they're fine, it impacts the ability for uh, that unit to interact with the game. Yeah. So, for example, I don't know if this is going to be a rule, but let's say it goes back to sort of old pinning rules and such. Where if you fail <laughs> you your,
2: <laughs>
0: I kind of can not remember. I can't even remember what pinning was, but I feel, feel like it was something like, oh, or maybe this is Horus Heresy or something. It's like, oh, if you fail your morale check, you can't move and you only hit on sixes. So you, you could have something like that in the game if they want to do that. I, I don't know what God. they're going to do. but if,
2: pin, if pinning is back and then there's a stratagem for go to ground, I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> I don't want to see those. Two that, oh, we're just going to go back to immobilizing rhinos. Great. Different <laughs> You're it's stuck a- in the crayon. <laughs> yeah. Oh my! Uh, yeah. My bane blade—it has been immobilized on this barrel. Uh,
0: <laughs> Mobilization? Yeah, maybe not so much. And well, they—they did—they didn't quite reveal how vehicles were going to degrade. So I wonder no. if they'll come back into any oh, of those old hang on,
1: hang on, shaken things,
0: or or whatever else, or losing only being able to fire one weapon or something.
1: Well, they—they do, they do say they do say in this article, which I have open in front of me. A sort of answer to your question, say, Richard, goes to your point. They haven't reeled it, It says, do monster and vehicle profiles still degrade as they take damage? More or less, though the mechanic has been streamlined. Instead of three separate profiles, there's a line on each unit card that still acts like this and explains any penalties incurred when a certain wounds threshold is reached. More on this soon.
0: But yeah, but I'm wondering if they go back to previous editions of like, oh i'm shaking i can only fire one weapon and maybe that's the degradation that happens
1: yeah yeah i mean yeah it, it, look it all it all looks good the the psychic phase going to the command going into the command phase i think that's yeah. what they said they were going to do which, which sounds pretty good. by the way the is phase...
0: a, a return to like previous editions we didn't have a psychic phase in previous well, it's, it's editions also, well
1: it's, it's also what happens because in in horror territory right they have the thing where your psychic powers are just like a weapon profile that you use as well so that that's for really the offensive stuff so that's quite cool um <laughs> and yeah i look
2: before you rolled your warp charge dice, didn't you? That happened after the movement phase, didn't it? Uh, yeah.
0: I don't know. I, I tend to delete the information of previous editions <laughs> as soon as the, the new one comes out. Gone, yeah, <laughs> yeah I just I just perched my mind. Which is when, like, a while back, you were de- describing all the pinning rules and stuff. I was like, oh yeah, that was a thing. Snapshots were a thing, weren't they? Concussive. Yeah, yeah completely. <laughs> you, it, the, these words don't mean anything to me anymore.
1: Eternal warrior. Um, yeah, but you okay. know twin linked. <laughs> Yeah, we know twin-linked. Yeah, Twin-linked's back as a, as a USR by the look at the term again. Well,
0: sheet. Well, see, this is the interesting thing. Yes, it's twin-linked, but it still had two attacks. Uh,
1: does it? Hang on. I believe little... the yeah, Spine
0: Fists true. were twin-linked, but with two attacks. Because what twin-linked before... Because previous editions, if you, say, had a twin-linked Cannon, you fired one shot, but it could reroll. And then, moving yes, to I think yes, it was two. eighth, it just was you now get two shots. But now, Twin Linked, well, it seems to be maybe you still get those two shots, and maybe there'll be an extra rule like reroll ones or reroll or whatever. I don't, we don't know what the new Twin Linked is. But the Spine Fist still had two shots, and I'm not sure that's just because they fire lots and lots of spines, or maybe you get a shot per, per hand.
1: D6 per spine. It's <laughs> 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 Two, um, it is two shots. Also, the other interesting thing about the spine fists, and sorry, we really will round out in a second because we've, I've been saying that for ages and we've been going on because we've we'll talked about this forever. But the other interesting thing about the term against spine fists on this data sheet is it is both, in terms of weapon characteristic types being USRs, presumably, it is both assault and pistol. Which is quite interesting because obviously previously weapons have only been one type. There, there
0: have never been assault pistols in the game before, as far as assault I know.
1: Pistols, yeah, it's assault, comma pistol, comma twin link. So it clearly has three, three different sort of rules. All Presumably, the keywords. One, one would assume again if it's an evolution from ninth, it's you know it's an assault weapon, so something to do with advancing. It's a pistol weapon, so maybe you can fire it in combat. And twin link does something, as has just said. So I don't know. We'll see how it works. We'll see what it what happens with that. So I think we should draw it to a close there because there will be lots more of this we're going to see it over the next couple of weeks and, and months as we head towards warhammer fest i mean i'm going to warhammer fest and i know mrs warhibzer is coming to warhammer fest with me rich uh, are you are you coming to warhammer fest you're, you're you're not at the moment are you
0: no sadly not couldn't make it
1: well if well we we will we will you can live vicariously we will we, you know what we'll do we'll bring you on an ipad <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, like during, during COVID, you know, like, people had that thing where yeah yeah, call, like, just the put put, put on,
0: like, give me chip. like the the game controller so I can like yeah. wheel the iPad around. <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll we'll bring you in, and therefore <laughs> hopefully hopefully at Warhammer Fest, if they have a sort of ability to maybe try the game out or something like that. It, then that would be really cool so you know we can we can give that a go but there will be lots more on this and i'm sure we'll be talking about this as the big topic in the world of 40k now for um the four things to come although obviously we will talk about the law of the lion book as well because when that comes out that'll be really cool um so uh so yeah let's uh let's let's wind it up there we hope you've enjoyed our little journey through all of the adeptcom previews and and also again to emphasize we covered unlike many others who will sell you on covering everything we have covered everything we've done everything that they they talked about which is uh which is cool
2: including star trek
1: including a bit including a special section on star trek in the middle and it's a Um, good job
2: that we're finishing because somebody has just sent me a text message with a link to a video for mighty morphin power rangers once and always
1: oh i've already seen the trailer for this it looks awesome but yeah it's a netflix (laughs) We'll watch it so we'll talk about that on the next episode as we go back into it's rapidly becoming josh adam and Rich's like 90s nostalgia trip podcast um so look thank you very much for joining us if you have any questions comments any thoughts on 10th edition or on uh, the seraphon or on any of the undead models or on Warcry or on under oh, sorry, not Warcry War underworlds or on um the kill team box anything they previewed or really anything else that you want to talk about just drop us a message on the instagram um at the conclave 40k um check us out uh, on there and and we do try and respond um and uh yes also please i will say give us a rating on spotify and apple Podcasts wherever you listen to a song because that just helps us engage with uh new listeners so thank you very much for being with us and um, we've certainly enjoyed talking about this and we will be back in due course with the world of the grim dark future or the mortal realms or both in any case so thank you so much for joining us and all that remains is for me to say it's goodbye from me adr wargaming and it's goodbye from mr Watkin. goodbye and i think he's gonna say something about power rangers but it's goodbye from mr war hipster
2: once a ranger always a ranger
1: there we go thank you very much everyone